For those still thinking war is about protecting people and advancing democracy, I see maybe it was once, but that now it's strictly business at our expense. It's not just the US and Russia dabbling in Sudan, it's Saudi Arabia too. Saudi Arabia is tight with China, apparently, and yet in Sudan they're on side with the US in seeking to broker a peace deal between the warring parties. Strictly business, I suspect. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. The coronation is an event that has remained virtually unchanged for a thousand years. And we invite you to join us here on GB News for this historic event. All next week, we'll be talking to you in towns and cities across the country. Building up to the main event on Saturday. From pageantry at the palace to unearthing the history of this ancient ritual. Come celebrate with us. The coronation of King Charles III, Saturday, May the 6th. Join us on GB News. Resistance Chicks. I'm one of your hosts. Leah is coming and getting ready to join us momentarily. It's a Sunday, which means we're going to go all around the world with the latest news. We we are definitely, I know a lot of times we don't play a Neil Oliver monologue. You guys get upset. Well, today's title came from the Neil Oliver monologue that Leah found. Um, but what, what this is breaking news that's not world news, but it is because we live in this world. Today, we are going to pick a name for the no-name piglet, okay? That is happening today. And as a matter of fact, I think I need to pull up all of the options that you guys gave. And I've, here's the deal. If you've already given an option, if you remember what it is, please re-put it back in the chat and we will make a list. And by the show's end, we will pick up, we will pick a name for the no-name piglet. We were going to do a name for both piglets, but our little tiny cousin, Caleb, like he's got, he, he wanted to pick out a piglet named Hazel, the, the skittish one. He picked out that name, so we're going with Hazel. My cousin, my other cousin, Jeremy, who is a full-grown adult, decided that it should, the other one should, I said, Hazel is like a hazelnut, so how about another nut, pecan, hazel, pecan, and he goes, no, how about bacon, bacon, I, I think that that would be a bit pushing it for me. Everybody says, don't name your don't name your your pets. I don't have a problem naming my pet a name. I have a you problem. Mean, don't name. Don't name your food. your food. I don't have a problem naming my food an actual name. I have a problem naming my food an actual food name. Yeah. Because then, like then the whole time I'm loving me. it, it's like I'm calling it bacon, which that I do have a mild. It'd be bacon. Bacon. Yeah, it would be bacon. Yeah, so we did. You want to tell them about the uh, you know videos we've done this week? Oh my gosh, we've done so many videos. I've done B videos, lots of B videos. I think I've done three this so far. Uh, Leah's been updating on chicks. Leah's been up, we're updating in the pig pen. Um, your glasses, you literally came down here looking like a teacher. Your glasses yeah. half on the side mm -hmm. and your nice pearl necklace and 
um, all that. What else did we do this week? Revelation Red Pill episode 10 that some are saying is one of the best episodes. Now, they did say it was the easiest to swallow. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the best episodes that we have done. I don't know. I can't put a favorite on the episodes, but it really was phenomenal. You guys will love it because what we're doing is we're taking what we've learned and how do we apply it now to our lives to get the promises of God and inherit the land and all of those awesome things. So you want to tune into that Revelation Red Pill. If you're not tuning into Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know. You don't have to watch it live, but you have to watch it back. Like you have to. This is a requirement to be part of the Resistance Chicks family. I'm making that up, but seriously. Yeah. All right. So we had Piglet videos. We had, I'm literally on Facebook just looking through all the different videos that we have done. But one of the coolest things, Leah, honestly, we weren't even at. And that is yes. the first landing event, the 1607 Recovenant. watch this. Patriot Gallery broke that puppy down so that it's in watchable sections. Guys, she didn't have to do that. It wasn't our event. We didn't go there, but she did. Okay, so my friends Leo and Nancy knocked it out of the park. My friend John Diamond, Donica Hudson, you Robert and Jamie, and Will Federer, Glenn Beck, David Barton, Tiny Joy Gibson singing. All of our friends knocked it out of the park. It, and people I had never heard of, um, you guys are going to be amazed. I was literally like shouting, jumping up and Woo! down. It is, I've never actually, I've been to a lot of things and watched a lot of things. Nothing has ever been as powerful. Mm -hmm. And people, they all hit it out of the park. It was like each single one should be a viral video. Yeah. Every single one. But they won't go viral because they're saying stuff that you're not supposed to say. Okay, and then on Friday, we did our headline news, talked about Tucker a little bit. We right? did, Talk and we about... talked about Steven Crowder. And Not we... just Steven Crowder, though, but the drama for your mama in the Patriot movement. And why we're losing. We are, first of all, what you mean to say, because I believe that we are winning, okay? We are winning in the spirit realm, yes. Why it looks like, and in certain areas, we certainly are losing elections, Right? Yeah. Uh, the prisoners in the gulag, right? Mm -hmm. So why are these certain areas not just a, a, a grand slam, out of the park, home run win? It's because when you get into this movement, power and money and fame corrupt. Well, and here's the thing. You can't take on the devil if you're filled with sin. Jesus literally says Satan cannot cast out Satan. So we've got all these people who are angry, who are upset, and they're trying to take on the devil. And the devil's like, who are you? Mm -hmm. you're sleeping around you're drinking you're partying ollie alexander you're, you're asking people for nude pics of your wee wee oh, okay. oh, 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 oh. you started off a sunday show with nude pics of the wee wee yeah and actually yes you did i actually have yes a, you did i actually have a world news video to go with this because there's a, a picture of a wee wee no a bar that said in uh the uk that said if you have a male genitalia you cannot use the women's restroom here and his uh, restaurant, but there's a restaurant. His restaurant has been packed and he's ever since. You and kidding. he's like, people spend millions of dollars for, um, for ad revenue. And all I did was have to say, all I did was say, don't come, don't no use No wee wee's in the women's restroom. And he's like, and boom, business is booming. I need a women's restroom so I can post this sign. I know. That's My great. Goodness. Wow. That's awesome. All right. Back to the names. Salty Mama says, Hazel and Maude. Floorman says, Lonesome was the name of the first steer I bottle fed. He was absolutely delicious. That's like a sad name. Lonesome. How do we fix a broken system with that same broken system? Exactly, Floorman. You said it. Bingo. But we Boom. can fix it. That's the problem is that these guys have to put their flesh 
uh, aside long enough so that so that God can move through them. Okay, God can't take down the devil while you are operating. You can't go around saying, "Oh, there are no drag shows, blah blah blah, none of this." When you are telling your wife you're going to blank her up, then that's what Stephen Crowder did. Yikes. Okay, it's just not going to work. Is it? That is not the way the cookie crumbles. Is not the way where we go here. Joanna says, "Elora Dannon is my pick." I'm gonna have to start writing these down, you guys. I need a list. Yeah, you totally need to. As a, throughout the show, well, I'll, I'll periodically remind you and help me remind me how, remind you. So this uh, the, over the past couple of weeks, we found that the FBI has an, a term, unfortunately, that we use often. That's on their uh, no fly list. Basically, is mm-hmm. red pill now. So we thought we were flying under the radar when we did Revelation Red Pill, and we thought people would understand what that meant. Little did we know that now that's probably being flagged by the FBI. You know, uh, it was this actually came out two weeks ago, and I remember saying it to Leah, and Leah just she, this was Leah's literal response. Are you kidding? <laughs> we can't win for trying. We can't win for trying. All right, so uh, there's actually in England they are going to coronate a king this this week. Yeah, they're going to put and the uh, the chick on his side, Camilla, yeah. Kamala. Camilla, she's going to be a queen. And I have problems with that. So, you know what makes me really sad? What makes The you only sad? thing about having lost our YouTube channel is this. I can't find... And Charles, yo, he was looking for a queen. Raise your hand, and I, out of everybody that's here, and I can guarantee you, not a single one Did of you. Did anybody watch Virgin Diaries? Has anybody seen the Leah and Michelle Virgin Diaries series? There's there were not- seven episodes... And they were on YouTube. And they were some of the best YouTube that was ever YouTube. It was they were funny. They were and hilarious. I can't find them on all my external hard drives and my little cards. I've got like one of them. And I don't want to share the one. Granted, the the it, it is quite amazing how far advanced we've come in um video quality. Okay. I did the the one that I did watch back, the video quality that we were doing. I think back then we were using that video camera that I bought you for your birthday mm. many, many moons ago. But uh, we did an episode where we s- talked about Prince Charles mm-hmm. and Princess Diana, who was saving herself for marriage, right? Yeah, and she was ch- a virgin when she got married. And Princess Charles Diana was, was upset because she didn't know how to do the other weird things. Yeah, the, but Kamala, his lover, did. Kamala. Camilla, excuse me. Well, Kamala, Kamala does Camilla, too. whatever. Kamala right? Does I'm too, sure she yeah. knows how to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that we've never even heard of. And he's he basically was angry at her. Here she is, a virgin, thinking, "Oh, this is I'm so special that I saved myself just for you." And he's like, "Girl, you don't know how to do this stuff that I really want you to do. That's because it's unnatural." Mm. You you. So pervert, we had so king. we had a rap. Prince Charles, yo, he, he was, was looking for a queen, and I can't remember. The rest ah, of it. shoot! It's it's been many many moons. It's been like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, Leah. It was so good. It was good. But the point of it was to say that Camilla was a whore and that she's she's knowingly having an affair with a guy who's married to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if you've heard Diana's story, you know that she was led to be bulimic. I mean, he said she was very thin, by the way. Yeah. And oh always gosh, thin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what it's like? You know, she's sleeping with this guy and he's married to him. Right. And he's like, hey, you know, you're putting on a little weight. So then she becomes mm-hmm. anorexic. anorexic. She's, right. you know, probably like a size two. Yeah. And went to a size three. Yeah, you fatty. Okay. You just said that. And then, and then, so then she becomes bulimic. Yeah. 
and I know it's not gonna be on this one. I don't know. So it's it's a really sad. It's a whole sad situation. I ever since then, here's the thing: when somebody is abusive one time in their life, and they have not come out, and they have not apologized, and they have not said, "Oh, I was a horrible human being." He's just a horrible human being. I don't care how this goes down. These two are wicked, selfish, horrible human beings. And you guys, and we are going to play some clips about the monarchy because we're going to try to separate the the the. Oh. You found what? I've got one. It's on Vimeo from 11 years ago. Which one? It's one. The first one? The first one. Y'all want to see this? Come on. You know y'all want to see it. I think we should watch the whole thing. It's no, because I, I literally have a whole long. show. I have a whole show. No, well, we yeah. do not. Michelle, this is not world news. You can do it another time. They're going to fight me on this. They're going to fight you on this. I know, but I have a whole show. They're going to fight you on Michelle, it. Michelle, come on. Please. I have I'm a whole show. I'm dropping the link in the chat. Okay. You know what's going to happen? They are going to leave. They're going to leave. They'll watch it after. Please tell them to watch it after. Because I really have a really great show. Here we are, Liam and Michelle. Really yeah. Look how We're young we are. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a virgin until you're married. Pretend Katie Kirk's behind here. Okay. And the first question I'm going to ask you, Michelle, is what is the best thing about being a virgin? We're, we're the only ones doing it. That's, that's a good one. Good. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm the only ones that makes you kind of special, right? Yeah. Standing out in the crowd. Yeah. Sounds like a chicken hat or something. Woo! Yeah. You're the only one wearing it. Chicken knits. All right. So what's the worst thing? What's the worst thing? We're the only ones not doing it. Yeah. It's pretty. It's rough. It's mm -hmm. Not really, but whatever. Okay, Leah. What's the best thing about being a virgin? The prizes. The prizes. I can't wait for the prizes. There's no this is sarcasm in comedy, by the way. What do you, what do you mean? There's no prizes. No prizes, buddy. Somebody told me. Somebody told me there's gonna be like free stuff. No, no free stuff. No prizes. No free stuff. No bread maker. Nothing. Are you kidding me? No. I'm not. Anyway, or what's the worst thing about about being a virgin? Well, the, what are those? Now those those ticket prizes. I saw for sure there was gonna be prizes, like an extra bread machine, like a. Admeister, some like special like silver or something. No, nobody's giving you silver for staying virgin. No prizes. No, there's no prizes, people. If you are under delusion like Leah, there's no no, no prizes. prizes. You get nothing. Dang it. I'm gonna I'm gonna rethink this thing. Next question. Okay, so now I want to ask you, Michelle. How old are you? I'm 28. Oh my so gosh. Why is it that you think you're not married yet? I mean, 28 is kind of up there. Thank you. Um, I don't know. This is this is a very good question, and it bothers me. Um. I go places like let's say Home Depot. There should be a lot of guys there, right? There yes, everyone's always like, go, go to Home Depot. So I go to Home Depot, and there's a big old sign to the right side um, where the awning is. I, I see, I see sign. the sign. Yeah. yeah, it says contractor pickup. I go there all the time. There is never a contractor to pick up. I want my money back. Really? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. They're never there. That's like false, false advertising. advertising. So anyway, Leah. Yeah. You're 30. She's 30. Two years, eight months older than me. Why, why are you not married? I mean, that's a better question. Way better question. I don't know. I think it, I think that there's some, like, Jedi, like, a force field. Like, guys just can't get past that, you know. Yeah. How do you disengage that? No, the it's, there's got to be a code. There's the guys something. can, like, get in. Nobody, you can't get out, nobody can get in. That's probably why we're still virgins. Well, that's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Our mom let us put that joke yeah, in. What kind of joke did you expect? That's what we're doing. It's just, I'm, you want. Why do you think God wants you to stay pure? Because you're not Christians, and that's kind of like our big thing, you know. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's a big deal. 
Um, I don't know. I don't question what God does because it's in the Bible, right? Stay, stay pure um, and save yourself. Here. Read the scripture. It says, I typed it out. Yeah. Okay, flee from pink. sexual immorality. Which Run is, away. Run as fast as you can, brother. All other sins that a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You are You're bought with the price. Therefore, honor God a Christian. with your body. So honor him. So you just... It's very simple. So it's in the Bible. I don't question. Um, I, I just do. God says, save it. I'm saving it. And that's another it. thing. Like Adam and Eve, you know, like they knew what to do. Like they're first people. Like they knew yeah. what to do. Yeah, all these people are like, well, you won't know what to do if you're both waiting and you're getting this awkward situation. Oh, my gosh. This is the I'm most pretty basic sure. Of human like, no, like, I Adam know what to do. Yeah, I know what to do. confused. Yeah. So, like, people are wondering, like, don't you have, like, desires and stuff like that? Like, yeah, we just, like, stay pure. We try not to watch, like, bad scenes, like, kissy Still scenes. Still do that we don't to want... this day. Can we call them kissy scenes? I know it's, like, silly. <laughs> okay. You know, love scenes and stuff like that. We, you don't, we don't want those images going over and over our mind because then it creates desires inside of you that you just want to fulfill. You know, like, this latest... Movie of shame, do we call it? Twilight. The Twilight kind of movie. Like Twilight okay, Twilight. is that enough? Yeah. Okay, so I know Leah's cringing. I think it's some of the best film on... We it gets did better. that in it response gets better. to it gets even Ellen better. DeGeneres making fun. There was a show. It was called, um, like, 30, like um, The Virgin Diaries. It was called The Virgin Diaries. Yeah. And it was about older people in their 20s and 30s who were saving themselves for marriage. They were making fun of them. And it was really awful. So we thought we would make a comedy. And it actually went viral. And we gained a lot of subscribers. And it was really fun. And we did a whole bunch of them. And a lot of uh, people were encouraged by it. People who were saving themselves for marriage. So uh, that was something that we did fun in our 20s. And I actually was kind of glad when they were gone. And, and I one. resurrected one. I'll, I have to let you in on a little secret, though. So I invented, I think, the Resistance Chicks Rewind that I was going to do this series of playing right. videos that I could find mm -hmm. on there. And I had the this um, episode, one, mm -hmm. done. And I had the intro on it. I had the outro. I had an explanation of what it is when we did it. And it was ready to be premiered. And then I couldn't find any of the other Leah and Michelle Virgin Diaries anywhere. And I got so discouraged that I didn't even do that one. So you just now premiered it. Just well, I didn't. They only got a little sneak peek, but now I'm gonna so I'm gonna drop the link. Oh, in the it's chat. up there, but you didn't. Premiere that's on Vimeo. It. Mm -hmm. That's like that's still there from 11 years ago. I just Googled to try to find it. So now I'm letting them all know in the chat here. If you guys want the link and you want to finish it, it's so cute. It gets even better. I'm just saying. See, see salty mama says, please, Leah. They wanted it. They wanted it absolutely, Leah. I'm just saying. So, uh, now can I, are you going to be able to re find yourself? I'm ready to keep going. Yeah. I'm ready to, you're ready to, it gets funnier at the end. And the, and the ex, the more we did them, the funnier and the better they got. And Lord Jesus, I'm telling you guys one thing right now. If they ever slip me back my YouTube, cause they did that once it lasted for two weeks. Mm -hmm. The first thing I'm downloading is all the Virgin Diaries and they're all going up. Okay, because they it they get even more epic. The intros get better. You know, we're still very new in our foray of video making. I mean, that was pretty epic right there. Okay, and we look the same. Old Tell me we YouTube. look the same. Yep. All right, so um, now we're moving on. Davis Agenda. The World Economic Forum says it will accelerate the implementation of the Global Agenda 2030. 
So world leaders will be gathering later this year to accelerate the implementation of Agenda 2030, according to an announcement made by an unaccountable corporate-led WEF earlier this week. The United Nations and the WEF appear frustrated by a lack of progress made towards their Great Reset ideology alongside Agenda 2030, the socialist ideological successor to the failed Millennium Development Goals. The WEF, led by German engineer Klaus Schwab, whose father worked for the Nazi apparatus, has said previous efforts to implement their plans suffered unforeseeable setbacks Ah. due to the COVID-19 pandemic, major negative impacts of climate change, and the rising cost of food and fuel everywhere due to the conflict in Ukraine. Oh my gosh, so things are getting expensive, and so we can't do Agenda 2030? Are you kidding me? (laughs) You made it this way? Global leaders and representatives are therefore being summoned to strategize. No, I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with COVID-19. It has nothing to do. Well, actually, it does. They woke too many people up. Mm-hmm. They have to strategize to put us back in the box. Yes, exactly. Okay. Oh, things are too expensive. And no, they have to re-strategize because they thought that they would use COVID-19 and just get us all like complacent drones and go into their uh, fourth industrial revolution. And they were going to use Mark Zuckerberg and his meta universe right. and make us all wear goggles and become fat um, uh uh, Wall E, the movie Wall E, um, people up on a was spaceship a, was them literally telling us their plan. By the way, well, but here's the thing: at the end of the movie, you come down to Earth and you start growing things, and everybody gets thin because they start growing things. So actually, that's what we need to do. I loved Wall E, the movie. You want to know why? Why? Because when the people got off the ship, it doesn't say that they it, it doesn't show that they like went on diets. It went that they lost weight and became normal That's human so beings by growing their own food Instead again. of sitting in their so little drivable So a lot of you, I, I really bubbles. can't stand this new move to make fun of people who are overweight and to blame them for the food that they're eating. This is another problem that I have with Stephen Crowder. This is only, here's the thing. Yes, if you are, you can be super, super, super disciplined mm-hmm. and become super disciplined and, and, and be hungry or, let me tell you something, guys. It is totally not natural to just eat meat. Okay. Yes, you can stay in keto and ketosis and you can lose weight, Mm -hmm. but it is not natural because when God, here's the thing, you can't live on that. You can't survive on that. If you're burning all those calories, Uh, we were watching some shows about, um, what life was like in like Victorian England and men who worked needed 6,000 calories a day. And that's where you guys get a lot of your hand pies from. Because women would be would be trying to stuff their men, just trying to keep weight on their husbands, yeah. right, and their sons. So they would make these hand pies and have them eat like a whole loaf of bread, okay, at a time, because they needed six thousand calories to sustain their weight. Now you and I are sitting there, and when I see a man look at like a portion and do portion control, I am I'm so gonna just sad. Him out the back door by himself. Come here, Rooster. Will he know how to come back in? Okay. he's got to go. I am so sad when I see men have to do portion control, especially because men are supposed to be strong and your sons are supposed to be strong. And and you should always be like a hundred years ago when you saw a thin person, you're like, well, we need to um, help you gain some weight. We need to get some food, some weight on you. Right. And now we've got it all backwards to where um, girls are models and super skinny because it's inverted. Right. There's too much bad food, okay? And so now it's just inverted. And, you know, the WEF wants to keep us that way. And so it's not your fault. You should get up every day and have a plan to work on things. And think about it. 
you're, you do the laundry. Wow, I had to do the laundry today. Did you really do laundry? Did We're you? talking, you know, washboard. That's you know why they call them washboard apps. It's not because they look like a washboard. It's because you get them when you, you could use probably one. if you're doing on on laundry day and you're doing it by hand, you could eat a whole loaf of bread yourself. And, and then some. And women are like, I can't eat bread. I gain weight. No, you're you've exchanged that. You've exchanged the washing machine and the vacuum and the car even for not being able to eat. And so our I mean, natural- think about the Flintstones. They, I mean, their car was their feet. Yeah, and so people go to the gym now. But the, going to a gym is not a natural thing. Your instinct is survival. So you will do things for survival. Like even water, you turn on the tap, there's your water. You don't even have to heat water anymore, right? So all this stuff is, and God has a way for us to be natural. So that's why I encourage everybody to get a farm and start farming so that you can eat more because you need to eat more to get the vitamins and the nutrients inside of your bodies. So now people eat less, they take supplemental vitamins and they go to the gym. And weight loss pills. And none of that is natural or normal. It's not natural. All right. So the UN Department of Economic and Social Affairs argued that practical solutions that can accelerate progress on the sustainable development goals of the United Nations should be urgently needed. Uh, the 17 SDGs comprising Agenda 2030 would were first compiled in 2015 and were agreed upon by 191 UN member state governments, though not necessarily their voting publics. These goals include laudable aspirations such as ending poverty and eradicating world hunger. Uh, and, and they're trying to do that with the crickets. Okay. Oh, I'm not doing it. Amongst more nefarious global goals in the areas of gender ideology and hard left socialist economics. Since Davos 2021, the WF has pu- publicly discussed how these goals can be used to achieve the Great Reset, which would see ordinary people able to own nothing personally. The WF claims that this would increase happiness around the world. The WF is focusing on something called civic participation to push its plans. They describe this as tackling economic inequality, gender imbalances, corruption, and environmental degradation. In the quest to build back better, says the WF, civil society is proposing new ways of achieving the SDGs and creating a better post-pandemic world. The WEF plans to assemble world leaders after the highly anticipated Sustainable Development Goals Progress Report is published by the Secretary General of the UN. The report's findings will inevitably lay the foundations for the international deliberations. This year's report is especially crucial as we're nearing the halfway point for Agenda 2030. Wow. Boom. Looking forward to that one. And how do we fight them? Depends With on the your definition of half, though, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Well, they started it in 2020. And they're halfway there. They've got 10 more years, basically. 2021. I'm just thinking half of 2030 is, it's, I mean, we're looking at 10, 15. No, I really think they started it in 20, uh, they start, they kicked it off with COVID. It's basically them telling us they kicked it off with COVID. Right. Right? Okay. German researchers find that wearing face masks could result in stillbirths and cognitive decline. Dear God. In a, a rise in stillbirths during the pandemic has uh, been noted by Swedish researchers who found an increase from seven to a thousand births in 21 per a thousand births. Similarly, a leading UK hospital experienced a fourfold increase in its stillbirth rate. German researchers have recently published a study indicating that wearing face masks, even for brief periods, could lead to carbon dioxide poisoning and potentially cause detrimental health consequences such as stillbirths in pregnant women. No kidding. Now, how many think it's the mask or how many think that they may just be using this as an excuse for the jab? That is an excellent point. Oh, it was just the masks. It can't be the jab because we don't need the masks anyways. We're done with the mask, but we need that jab. You know what I mean? Like. I think I, I feel like it's a shifting of blame, but I'm glad they're calling out the masks. 
think you're right. I think it's a it's a pawn for a rook type deal. Like, mm. oh, get rid of the mask. No, thing, I think you're right because here's the deal. No, um, no, no. They'll give up the masks. No, I know. To keep the vaccine. That's so a I'm pawn saying. for a rook. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm agreeing. You I'm agreeing no. with you. I didn't understand what you meant. No, 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 like that. Like no, yes. No, yes. I get it. That's okay. what I just said. Sure. Why didn't I even get that in the first? Who's time? on first? What's on second? No, yes. According to the Daily Mail, a review of 43 previously published studies on the effects of carbon dioxide exposure, mask wearing, and pregnancy has been published in the journal Helion. Like, is that like, is that like helium? Is that a, I don't know. Probably not. The study found that pregnant rats and young mice exposed to concentrations of CO2 as low as 0.3% experienced brain damage, increased anxiety, and impaired memory, according to one reviewed studies. I wonder how they're figuring this out. So here's my question. Um... How long will this narrative, if you're, if you're right, how long does this narrative last? Because what we're looking at here is... If you still see these... Exactly. That's what I was getting to. If you're still seeing these issues after people are no longer wearing masks Well, we'll it, masks. it will depend because I think that <clears throat> for the majority of people, they're not getting a fourth and fifth jab. So that, in, that initial toxic this? protein is probably causing the stillbirth. And it, I do think it kind of runs through your system without people i think that 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 initial Even, what about the testicular dysfunction though i don't think that's going to go away no i don't think so other study mentioned and i don't know i think the body knows how to heal and repair itself i have i have better hope than a lot of these people for the jab and i hope you're right yeah i do another study mentioned in the research found that exposure to 2.5 percent uh, CO2 for four hours led to the destruction of the tes testicular cells and sperm in male mice, which is equivalent to 0.5% CO2 exposure in humans. Another trial found that pregnant rats exposed to as low as 3% CO2 suffered stillbirths and birth defects. That is equivalent to 0.8% for humans. The research also highlights a study which discovered that after only five minutes of wearing a mask, CO2 levels rose between 1.4 and 3.2%. So you're up at so the stillbirths were at 8% for 0.8%, 0.8%, but a mask for only five, five minutes is 1.4 to 3.2. So the researchers acknowledge that the review offers only circumstantial evidence, but they suggest that the increase in stillbirths during the pandemic could have been caused by masks. A rise in stillbirths during the pandemic has been noted by Swedish um, researchers. All I can say is never, ever again. Joanna. I don't even know how you can ask that question. How long have you been around? Probably not that long. She says, did y'all get the jab? That's a big no. That is a big, solid no. Screaming no. from the housetops. No. We, we, and we were screamed against the masks as well. Okay, so this is funny to me. So you know how um, Europe banned the um, was banned itself from, sanctioned itself for buying Russian oil. Well, they need it. So India doesn't is not sanctioning itself from buying Russia oil. So Europe is buying Russian oil through India at a huge markup. Yeah, last so August, somebody's making money on this. Yeah, but it's it, it's all about appearances. This whole thing, what we're talking about today, the the main thrust of our show is the profiteering of war and war criminals and the fact that these people are fakers. Everything they do is for show. It's all fake. Okay, so last August, uh, Zero Head says, we were the first to show how Russia was bypassing Europe's so-called commodities embargo. It was selling liquid natural gas to China, which was then reselling it to Europe at a substantial markup. 
And while we also frequently reported that Russia was using a similar sanctions bypass for oil, this time using India instead of China, few were willing to confirm as much. After all, it would seem very short-sighted if European consumers were paying an extra surcharge to India while Russia was not suffering any adverse consequences from Europe's laughable sanctions. Now, here you have a Bloomberg report that for all of Europe's fire and brimstone about an embargo, which has gotten decidedly quieter in recent months, Russian oil is still powering Europe just the way, just with the help of India. India's not actually helping. India's just getting some, some side money. As uh, we reported at the time last December, the EU barred almost all seaborne crude imports from Russia. It extended the prohibition to refined fuels two months later. However, the rules didn't stop countries like India from snapping up cheap Russian crude, turning it into fuels like diesel, and shipping it back to Europe at a big markup. As shown in the chart below, just the Brent of Ural's price differential, a byproduct of the Russian sanctions, is about $25 a barrel, almost a third of the price of a barrel of crude. The markups on Russian product are even greater when dealing with refined products such as gasoline and diesel. In fact, India has become so good at reselling Russian oil to the same Europeans who refuse to buy it directly from Moscow for a much lower price that an Asian country that the Asian country is on track to become Europe's largest supplier of refined fuels this month while simultaneously buying record amounts of Russian crude. In other words, Europe is still buying Russian oil, keeping Putin's military machine well-funded. But because of the virtue signaling exercise of buying Russian oil through a mediator, the transaction ends up costing Europeans billions more than if it had simply purchased the oil directly. I accidentally closed that. Russian oil is finding its way back into Europe despite all the sanctions. Bloomberg notes the development is a double-edged for the EU. On the one hand, the bloc needs alternative sources of diesel now that it has cut off direct flows from Russia, previously its top supplier. However, it ultimately boosts demand for Moscow's barrels. Uh, and means extra freight costs. In other words, Europe achieves none of its embargo goals, i.e. keeping Russian oil out of the market, preventing Putin from using oil to finance the war in Ukraine, while being hit with a far higher energy price. This is one of the most disgusting images that I have seen. Like, I'm struggling with it, but it's very um, accurate for our podcast listeners. You see a girl drinking some sort of tropical drink out of a coconut, and that's the Russian oil. Then the girl is supposed to be India, and then Europe has a straw going to the girl's mouth to drink what she's it's just drinking a gross out picture. of the Russian I oil. I just try to ignore that picture. It's kind of but it's a pretty valid explanation for anybody that's wondering. Only two questions matter. First, have our sanctions meaningfully curtailed Russia's ability to wage war? Second, are our sanctions a deterrent to countries that may wage war in the future? Unfortunately, the answer to both questions is no. The root problem is an infatuation with financial sanctions. These can be effective when used on current account uh, deficit countries like uh, Turkey in 2018 is an example, but they don't work on current account surplus countries. This is a key point that cannot be emphasized enough. Russia shows how a financial sanctions failed, how our financial sanctions failed. We sanctioned some banks, including the central bank, but not all. This meant that all the cash from Russia's current account surplus got routed through non-sanctioned banks. Putin still has his cash. So our financial sanctions did not prevent Putin getting all his cash in return for energy exports. All this cash just got routed through different banks than before. As a result, financial conditions in Russia eased back to pre-war levels, a big plus for Russia's war economy. We could have avoided this, but it would have required sanctioning all Russian banks. That's the same as trade embargo, since Putin no longer gets paid and stops exporting. That This shows what's needed to hurt surplus countries, a trade embargo, not financial sanctions. Number one lesson from Russia is that our infatuation with financial sanctions must end. Um, and so here you have 
here you have it. And I just think that it's all just silly. Just so, so silly. Like you. No, I there he is. The He's a silly the little in. man. That's a silly dude. Trans teen died from a vaginoplasty complications during landmark Dutch study used to justify teen sex changes. A 2016 medical article documenting the tragic death of one of the participants in the linchpin Dutch study upon which the entire sex change experiment is based indicates that puberty suppression was to blame for the young person's death. The case is that uh, of an 18-year-old trans-identified male whose puberty was blocked by the Dutch researchers at a very early stage, meaning there wasn't enough penile tissue from surgeons to create a neo-vagina. Therefore, a more risky procedure using a section of the patient's lower bowel was necessary, which resulted in fetonecronizing fastitis. The manuscript by Nedjeborn et al. begins by saying that the absence of a functional vagina was a negative effect on the sexual quality of life for transgender women and explains that multiple surgical procedures have been described for these reconstructions. The patient is described as being a healthy 18-year-old for whom standard surgery was not feasible due to having underdeveloped as a result of early puberty suppression. Transgender women with early onset gender dysphoria treated with puberty suppressing hormones report fewer behavioral and emotional problems and an improvement in general functioning. The readers are assured in this point. Major complications began within 24 hours of the surgery and um, necrotizing fastitis was confirmed in the days that followed. Despite large doses of intravenous antibiotics and repeated surgical debridement, the previously healthy patient went into multiple organ failed and died. It failure. Once again, after this harrowing account of a young person's needless death, the researchers assure the reader that these constructions have a positive influence on the quality of life of non-transgender and transgender women, but cautions that physicians and patients need to be aware of serious complications that may arise. The investigation into the young person's death revealed that the deadly strain of E. coli most likely came from the patient's own intestines, not from the hospital setting, meaning that the more risky surgery necessary due to early puberty suppression most certainly caused the fatality. Dr. Michael Biggs, a, so, a sociologist who played a key role in exposing the scandal that unfolded at the soon-to-be-closed Tavistock Gender Clinic in London, spoke of this tragic case in a recent interview in the Wider Lens podcast. Um, and I don't know if you want to... Batten down the hatchets! It's storming out there! Is it storming? It's getting ready to. Oh, wow. So I did. Do we have anything else? I don't know what it means to batten down the hatches. I think it just means to close them, but... Can you bring this up? And yes. play this video here. Oh, it's going to storm, huh? Mm-hmm. We're all scroll down right here. Yeah. Storms are brewing, Annie. Uh, some of the Dutch researchers started, uh, gave some data about um, young adults who had transitioned and reproductive regret, like regret. And it's there. Um, and I don't think any of that surprises us. I talk about it, but most of the kids are nowhere in any kind of a brain space to really, really, really talk about it in a serious way. Uh, that's always bothered me, but you know, he, he, we still want the kids to be happy, happier in the moment, right? On Monday, October 3rd, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, and the Children's Hospital Association delivered this letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. 
Now this comes on the heels of Project Veritas receiving inside tape from within the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, feigning regret regarding their 14-year-old patients. It's always a good theory that you talk about fertility preservation with a 14-year-old, but I, I know I'm talking to a blank wall, and the same would happen for a cisgender okay, kid, right? Okay, you kids. this one before. So, yeah, this is, this is a very tragic, and it's something that, you know, these kids are not faced with the, uh, this could kill you. This could ruin you. This could make it so that you really can't have kids. Do you really not want to have kids? Well, and, and how do you when, have at a what point do we old? sue though? Because when you have the regret as an adult, because we're we're entering into that mm -hmm. age where there's a there's a lot of this regret, and let's say you can't have kids, because I can all but guarantee you that they are not giving these children informed consent. They're not giving their parents informed consent. They're just telling them like, oh, it's no problem. It's just it's not a big deal. Everything will be fine, mm -hmm. and it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. You're absolutely not okay. Um, speaking of that, could you bring up this one on the restaurant? Because um, there's some heavy stuff and some lighter stuff. And Mark Dolan is bl literally blew me away this week. He is absolutely hilarious. And I want you guys to see this is the restauranteur who is making a ton of money off of just no boys and girls bathrooms. Who knew? Let's get to this amazing story. Excited about this. The owner of a very successful restaurant in Ireland, Trayvodes, became a viral sensation after sending this tweet. In which the restaurant owner said, call me old fashioned, but you're not allowed to use the ladies toilet in our restaurant if you have a penis. Whilst there has been a predictable backlash from some quarters, is uh, Paul uh, Trayvode has seen his eatery packed out ever since. In a recent interview, he has said, who knew a tweet about a willy could fill your restaurant? Well, I'm delighted to say that Paul Trayvode joins me now. Paul, congratulations. Uh, apparently, you've never been so busy. Well, I tell you, millions spent on marketing over all the years, and you mentioned the word willy or penis in a tweet, and all of a sudden it fills your restaurant. It's incredible. Uh, what motivated you to send the tweet, Paul? Well, there was actually, there was a conference in town uh, in, in one of the hotels uh, and town is Killarney here in County Kerry, one of the most stunning locations you'll find anywhere in the world. And uh, it was basically saying it was a trans uh, conference and they said, listen, we want to remove ladies toilets and gents toilets from the signs on the doors and we want to just call them toilets. And uh, so I'm a firm believer of ladies toilets is a safe space for uh, ladies, girls. And I turned around and I said, well, that's, you know, you're guaranteed one thing when you come into Trevo's is that uh, if you do have a penis, you're not getting into my ladies' toilets. Okay. <laughs> and what was the initial reaction, Paul? I, I, I'll be honest with you, Mark, I was amazed. I mean, look, I, I have two TV shows on Amazon Prime. I've got quite a prolific uh, social media platform. And I knew that, I mean, look, I was going to draw a bit of attention. But put it this way, if I didn't get the negative comments, I was doing something wrong. Um, so... It started off the usual one or two kind of going, oh, you bigot, you transphobe, all these kind of names. And that's kind of what you get from people who lack the intelligence to be able to have a debate with you. And then all of a sudden, more and more people saw what I was saying. And then all of a sudden, they started saying, thank you so much uh, for, you know, for speaking out for us and, and for defending us. Look, like most people, Mark, I've got my wife, I've got my mother, I've got uh, my sister, I've got my nieces, even my mother-in-law. I love them all way too much to be able to make a scenario where potentially a man can put on a dress 
slap a little bit of lipstick on and say, I'm a woman for the next hour or two and walk into the safe space, which is a toilets, ladies' toilets in, whether it be a restaurant, a bar or a nightclub or something like that. So I said, during COVID, I'm from an industry that was shut down for the base, best part of two and a half, three years here in Ireland. And I said, the only way you can debate something like this is to force the debate. So if you have to come out with something as rash as a tweet like that, then therefore we force the debate. And here we are, we're talking on a massive TV show here in the UK about, um, you know, men can't be just flippantly walk into a lady's toilet. Uh, absolutely right. And I'm sure you're not transphobic. I'm sure you're a very liberal chap and you would take the view if someone wishes to identify by a different gender, good luck to them. But if you have a male physiology, if you're a biological male, you have no place in the ladies' restroom. Uh, and that's 100% that, that's right. And, and we've got to force the debate on the fact that there are, unfortunately, there are people out there who will basically take advantage of a scenario of people are afraid to say something. So you could have the potential of a man that is potentially assault a woman or a young girl inside in the toilets and we need to address that very carefully. So you can't, and most people are afraid to say because there is a backlash. Of course there's going to be an online backlash. And normally it's from somebody like Johnny4927 on Twitter that has a picture of a goat as his profile picture because he's an absolute coward that will call you every name under the sun. But if I stand up and say it and then all of a sudden you have me on such a fantastic platform like this, more and more people will become confident enough to turn around and say, actually, you know, this is true. Anybody can just put on a dress, slap on a bit of lipstick, a little bit of mascara, and call themselves a woman and put themselves into that position where they could potentially assault or seriously harm a woman. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow that happen, no matter what they call me. Thankfully, it's literally water off a duck's back. I absolutely oh love gosh. this guy. And if you guys want to know what a man looks like, that's what a man looks like. A man, men stand up for women and children, regardless of what the backlash says. And thank God to for all the people in Ireland who said, you know what, we are going to, uh, we're coming to your restaurant. That's what we're going to do. Well, I, I want to sit here for a minute on this topic because, first of all, his accent is just like you could listen to him all day long. Meet me uh, in Killarney. That was da -da -da -da. really, really enjoyable. What I find interesting is that, you know, he probably has a small pub. I mean, this is a guess. I could be completely off base here. But it seems to me that, like, you probably only have, like, two bathrooms. Like, a men's bathroom and a woman's bathroom. Okay? And so I think that him saying this was was even more so putting himself on the line, like not so really necessary. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's probably just like one restroom. Like it's a door. You think so? I'm, I, you know these old pubs. Sound like there is, he does make it sound like that, but I'm just saying. Walk in with you. I'm just saying like by and large, regardless, the only answer for the left is to have these individual stalls you know what but I, I would say this and this is just a joke that, that bears saying and I, I have to say it because it's true and everyone knows that it's true there's a reason there's 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 more than one reason why you don't hear about the women entering the the, the trans women or trans men entering into the men's restroom because a they don't pose a physical threat but the other part is this trans men aka women don't want to go into your restrooms because they nasty they are gross and they smell really bad well devin uh, dylan mulvaney did a did a did an episode he's you like don't oh my gosh these women restrooms are so much cleaner they're so much nicer yeah for so and and here's the thing women don't have a problem because the women's line is always longer because we don't have urinals we okay? will wait we no we will sneak and go into like a men's like really a single stall to, but it's awful 
or even like if it, like at a church. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, well, there's no one in there. Somebody kind of church peeks ones in. Are usually better. You'll go in. My point is, most women, I would say, have been in a men's restroom. Okay, at yeah. one time or well, another. we've had to clean them. And we've had to clean them. But I've been in one I've had to go. Like, you don't want to go. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Weird. I don't ever want to go into a men's restroom because they're gross. So you don't hear about the trans men, a.k.a. women, going into the men's restroom. Not just because they're not they're just not going. Because they don't want to go in there because it's well, gross. Well, you know, I've seen people say, you know, post a picture of a woman, of what looks appear to be a woman. It's a trans woman. It's a man dressed as a woman. And said, would you really want this person to have to go into the men's restroom like something might happen to this person oh really the man oh, that really? looks like a woman yeah yeah no you mean the woman that looks like a man no the man that looks like a woman would you really want that person to have to go into the men's oh i restroom? get it yeah, yeah because they may be assaulted yeah you can't have it both ways Ireland, though, is about to pass one of the most radical hate speech bills yet, which I think would see this man in jail. Yeah. This is true, actually. Merely possessing hateful material on your devices is enough to face prison time. So everybody who tweeted this out might go to prison. Not only that, but the burden of proof is shifted to the accused. You are guilty until proven innocent. That's who is expected to, to prove that they didn't intend to use the material to spread hate. This clause is so radical that even the Trotskyist people before profit opposed it as a flagrant violation of civil liberties. It says, um, prepares or possesses material that is likely to incite violence or hatred against a person or a group of persons on account of their protected characteristics or any of those characteristics with a view to the material being communicated to the public or a section of the public. Wow. So there's no, like, if this guy would go to jail in Ireland because of this. You guys are insane. What's going on in Ireland? Somebody put in the chat, like, why are you like this over there? This is just crazy. Um, I have a video here. Toronto police used horses. There's a teenager in Canada. We're going to go to Canada for a little bit. Named Nick Alexander. He is from Save Canada. And he went to a library in Toronto to protest a drag queen story time. And I have this video here of pol Toronto police horses were used to intimidate this young man. He's a teenager from, uh, from leaving this library. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. Hey, well, no, I'm going to make sure this guy's okay. And I'm going to damn well film it while you trample people. Okay? Yeah, well, you're going to if you keep this shit up. What, man? Because I was impeded. Because I was impeded. Thank you. Yeah, I will when I'm done with this. I will when I'm done here. Thanks. What are you going to do? Hit me with your horse? Oh, I can't control what people do, but you can control what these fucking clouds are doing. And you don't need a horse to do it. Dude, I'm, look, where am I supposed to go? I'm surrounded by fucking horses. Just stop talking to me. Stop. Stop. Can I you fucking lunatic. Get the fuck out of here. Excuse me. Excuse me. We need to cross. Excuse me. I drove them. Hey, come. I drove them. Can we please go? I gotta go. His name is not Nick. It's Josh. Josh Alexander. And uh, he's a young guy. Do you mean to stop playing it? Yeah, you can stop playing that. 
he's a younger guy here. I'm going to, I'm going to retweet this, go to my profile. This is him at 16 years old. He was suspended from St. Joseph Catholic high school. He was suspended from a Catholic high school in Canada for protesting the use of toilets by transgender people and for declaring that God created only two genders. He is detained as he is, he is some sort of, um, 16. Suspended from school for saying there's only two genders at a Catholic school, but arrested. Yeah. I love when they call it just detained. You're arresting him. Okay, here's another one. I mean, this is... Wow. Alright, so... I don't know who you are, but you look like somebody I might have recognized, and evidently other people recognize you too. What, what's your name, brother? Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander. So, Josh Alexander, why do people know you? Um, well, for multiple reasons. Most recently, uh, I was I was uh, arrested at my high school in Renfrew um, after being kicked out and returning uh, for well, because I said there was only two genders. And uh, yeah, so it was it was quite a fiasco. And then I got arrested at my high school, and then uh, you got did you say you got arrested at your high school? Yeah. Because you said there was two genders. Yeah, well, they kicked me out because I said there's two genders, and then I didn't comply with it, and I went to class, and I got arrested. Did they bring police into the classroom? How did they arrest you? They, I agreed to meet with them in the office. They emptied the classroom so there's no witnesses. And uh, Ontario Provincial Police came in and arrested me. And did they tell you what the charge was that they were that you were being arrested for? Uh, yeah, trespassing. Uh, in, my, in, 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 in your class. In your own class? Yeah. Wow, interesting. And then one day later, they arrested me again in Ottawa at a Drake Queen story time. I was on the, I was actually walking across the crosswalk in front of one with a megaphone, and uh, they threatened me and said I'd be arrested if I didn't stop. I didn't stop. When you say didn't stop, you mean didn't stop speaking into the megaphone? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exercising my uh, right to uh, to speak. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they. they and since they've, they've since apologized to my uh, family and said it was an accident, they didn't mean to do it. Okay, well, dude, well, you know what? Okay. So here you have a kid who is standing up for what's right. He's got a long, long career. If he stays on the right path, let's hope that he does. Um, you know, there's we did another story of another Canadian who got into the limelight in this movement, and her life kind of spiraled out of control and that's lauren southern so pray for this young man because lauren southern was a christian who came out against feminism yeah and she went viral and everybody encouraged her and she started to do a little bit more and more radical things and then she got banned from countries wow she got banned you know from the uk she couldn't travel to australia and uh she's drinking she's partying she's sleeping around and um that was was our uh, family meeting we had a conservative family meeting when these young people get in and it's it's unfortunately if you have a video go viral you have to make sure that um even lauren said she was in it because she believed in the things but the conservative movement there are there are actors who will pull you pull young people to the front and then they will use them and they will they have nefarious reasons and one of those people is milo yiannopoulos and uh you can't trust that guy and he, he, I, i'm sorry that we I'm sorry that I couldn't see. Oh shoot! I'm sorry that I didn't see through, um, uh, Milo. <laughs> I didn't. 
I'm, yeah, I, I, no, 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 no. I honestly, he always rubbed me the wrong way. Our, but... We held Milo with an open hand. Yeah. We're we like, did. listen, countless times we would cover him. And he's saying good things here, mm-hmm. but we would always say he's crass. He is living a sinful lifestyle. He is trying to get on the straight and narrow. Supposedly. Supposedly. Now that, that part right there is where we were um, fooled, right? But the rest of it, we really did hold he, with an open hand. Well, here's the thing: because anybody living what I you would call a deviant lifestyle, you, I, it's you gotta, you gotta hold it with an open you hand. You can't know what you can't know. Mm-hmm. He had a speechwriter of a really good Christian guy, and he read this guy's speeches. And Lauren Southern actually dated the other guy, and now they're friends again. And he's kind of a dorky, nerdy kid. And I think that's where Milo got a lot of his words of wisdom from. And you can't know what you don't know. Yeah. The words that Milo was saying, it didn't match the way his lifestyle was. Yeah. That's because they weren't his words and he didn't mean them. Right. Let me read a couple of comments before we move on. Uh, Britt Baza says, uh, Michelle, most pubs in Ireland are huge. The Irish are all, see, I can't say that here in the United States. P-I-S-S heads. Uh, that's not something we say. That, that would be like a kind of gross, crass curse word here. Um, but I get what you're saying. Yes, you're right. So I can see how his pub might be fairly large. You're yes. right. Um, I'm thinking like an old, you know, the old like building kind of pubs. Um, James says, we need more folks to stand up against all of the freakish behavior that is being pushed into our society. Kudos to this dude. Anne says, I've only been in one and it was by accident, the men's restroom. The minute you see urinals, I know you're not, you know, you're not paying attention. Um, it was empty at the time. Ha. Stuart the Brit says, it wasn't urinals. It's bidet. You were in France. That was a funny joke. Um, Ken, good point. I care more about my granddaughter than I do for a sick grown man. Anne says, nice horses. I would be nervous around such big animals. They sure are well behaved. Um, Sheila, yes, we are on Facebook and I just dropped the, or excuse me, we are on Rumble and I just dropped that link in there. Back to the earlier conversation that we had, Johanna says, no, I haven't been around long as far as asking us whether we've been vaccinated or not, but I'll be here now for a long time. Thank God y'all didn't take the thing. My mama insisted they were forced by Tyson Foods. I have too many mental health problems and take five different meds per day. So I didn't um, either, but I worry like y'all though, about y'all and like y'all about, so that's for sure. And I'm sorry about the question. Here's the thing. If you're new to resistance shakes, don't ever apologize for a question because you're probably asking a question that another new viewer doesn't know the answer Mm -hmm. to as well. Um, Let's see. Oh, Arnold was the pig on green acres. My wife's family had a pig named Arnold as a child. So that's your, is that your pig for the female name? Cause I'm writing down a list. I went back and got the other ones guys. For those of you that are just tuning in, we are, we need one more name for our female pig. And at the end of the sh- show, we're going to pick one. Um, let's see. America is doing the same thing. No trans hate speech says salty mamas. Good point. Wicked Psych says, diversity and inclusion in Ireland. Do the Protestant and Catholics even get along yet? Question mark. Excellent point there. Um, and we are on Resistance Chicks channel today. I know a couple of people have said you're on Mass. It should be streaming on both Mass Faith 3 and Resistance Chicks Rumble. Um, but I'm looking at the Rumble, the Resistance Chicks Rumble. It's not just the Mass Faith 3. Okay. So, so talking about diversification. Okay. You know, we do our shows and we go around the world and I try to pull interesting stories from around the world. And this one caught my eye. Not the Babylon Bee. Spain bans dwarf bullfighting 
to end perceived exploitations against dwarf, dwarf bullfighters and dwarf bullfighters object. Wait a minute. I didn't. So in Spain, it's a real bullfighting is a really big deal in Spain. It's a young people. It's it's reemerging. And I don't know if I did a story on this, but a couple weeks ago, I was going to do a story on this uh, where young people are going to bullfights in, in numbers never seen before. Okay. It's, 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 it's revival bullfighting. So there's dwarf bullfighting is a longstanding tradition in Spain and other Hispanic cultures. The dwarves fight smaller bulls and calves, but never hurt the animals. Unlike the full size matadors who kill the bulls. However, some enlightened folks thought the spectacle of dwarves entertaining crowds by mocking matadors looked too much like the exploitation of people with disabilities. So Spain's parliament voted to conform to their enlightened demands and outlawed dwarf bullfighting in the nation. We have overcome the, uh, the Spain of the past, says Jesus Martin, the director general of Spain's Royal Board of Disabilities. People with dwarfism were subjected to mockery in public squares in our country, passing down the idea that it is okay to laugh at differences to so many girls and boys. So not everyone was actually happy with about the move, most not notably the dwarves who make a living entertaining crowds in the arena. A small group protested outside of Parliament while uh, the vote was being taken. They take it for granted that people are being denigrated or laughed at, and it's the opposite. The respect they have for us is impressive. I'd like to add that just because dwarfism diminishes stature, it doesn't affect the mind. These mature adults trying to make a living. For ex if, for example, their mental faculties were diminished, then someone dressed them in drag and made them perform in front of the audience, that would be exploiting a, a disability. People with dwarfism should have all, uh, have all the rights of anyone else, including making the informed decision to entertain crowds comedically at a whoa, bullfight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So I could do a whole show on this. I didn't know that dwarf bullfighting was a thing. I didn't know that dwarf bullfighting was a thing either. However, they are acting like you just read there that dwarves, little people, have something wrong with their mind like a, like a person with a mental disability that then you would be putting out and exploiting. Although, can you play this in the background? I talking? would... It's on YouTube. Contend that even people that are like, let's say, take Down syndrome. If they if they had Down syndrome people doing something that I I, I don't know if they'd be doing something this dangerous. But I'm like, they can make their own decisions, mm -hmm. right? Like this is to me it's, the ultimate of, of being bigoted. I'll let the music play in one second. It's the ultimate of being bigoted. This I can't even with these people. To protect them from being laughed at, they are keeping them from doing what they want to do. I can't even. I got into bullfighting because I've enjoyed it since I was a kid. And I'm still doing it now. The troop is making a stop in Granada, in Andalusia. These types of shows have a long tradition in Spain. But they're controversial. Should people be entertained at any price, including at the expense of disabled people's dignity? Are they disabled, though? They're just little people! How are they disabled? They're just little. Is that really a disability? Like, are their arms? Their arms and legs are working. Their mind's working. It's Ooh. noon. Things this are still pretty quiet so at the bullfighting tall, arena in Granada. Only the box office is open. The first audience members aren't expected until seven hours from now. 
but preparations are already underway. Daniel Calderon coordinates the troop. They have to run through a few sketches. Roberto also has to brush up on his role. They're doing everything they can to prevent us from performing. That's too bad. Showcase people for their body size and make fun of them. The performances are upsetting to Carolina Puente. She has achondroplasia. Kilometers to Portugal. We'll drive overnight then. Yeah, we'll have to leave at around two. Jose Antonio stands to the side during the actual bullfight. He's letting the next generation take the reins. But he's still in the arena, and that's what counts. We all have the same stature. There's no small or tall here. We're like brothers, helping each other out. We all have the same worth. We're equals. Okay, I've made my decision. It's, you should let them play. Let them do their thing. That let, here's the thing. Why not? If here's the thing. I don't understand this. I literally don't understand this. Like everybody has the right to do what they want. Why not play up something that would normally be uh, a detriment? And if people want it, you know what? Turn a negative into a positive. I'm sorry that the, the, we, you skipped over the part where they were going to say that there was one dwarf lady that it offends her. Okay. I'm sorry that that offends you. Okay. Even if you disagreed that these um, these dwarves should be doing this, they have the right to do it mm -hmm. because it is not explicit, right? There's nothing that um, vulgar. It's not vulgar. Thank you. It's family friendly. It's f completely family friendly. And let's say like, okay, so what makes us unique, Leah? We're sisters. We're females. Mm -hmm. I can't think of something where we would join a group of sisters or females or whatever. But if we chose to do something that kind of made light of that the virgin diaries like the virgin diaries would would people in that demographic be able to come out and say stop that that offends me yeah no no they shouldn't be able to even if even if it is offensive right right to that person like whatever this is that is ridiculous i'm offended here um what's his name here um your 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 dude here matt hancock is upset. We're going, now we're going again. to the UK. Okay. okay. We're going to the UK. Matt Hancock is upset that there are protesters who are protesting the um, the World Health Organization Global Pandemic Treaty. He's like, this is just so ridiculous. We haven't seen anything from him in a while. You know, he was the one that um, broke he lockdown was, by he, having an affair. Yeah, he's the affair dude. So I've come into Parliament from Suffolk this morning, start of a new parliamentary term. And on the way in, there's all these nutty protesters saying that we should leave the World Health Organization and campaigning against a global um, pandemic treaty. And this is absolutely crazy. The idea of a pandemic treaty is to share scientific information and to make sure that we have an early warning system. It's not about the World Health Organization deciding on future lockdowns. So can we please have a bit of rationality in this debate?
No, I don't have to listen to you. You are a liar. People who so have affairs are liars. Okay? You're a liar. You set your country up. You literally told everybody they were killing their grandma by leaving their house, and you left your house to go join with another house of another chick. You are a liar. You are a that maybe you're a new scammer. to the world news program that we have. I'm sure there's a lot of you that are new. And have no idea who Matt Hancock is. Not only did he break lockdown, lockdown by having an affair, but he was the one in charge, in charge of, of implementing, implementing the lockdown, lockdown in the UK. Okay. That's why it makes it really, really bad. And he left to have an affair. Uh, back to the dwarves. Kellyanne says maybe they should ban regular bullfighting because they are killing an animal for entertainment. It's not spo sport. It's probably... It probably is some sort of blood ritual. I don't like bullfighting either. I think it's awful. Um, I think the riding of the bulls is crazy. I think, honestly, bull riding, I think it's awful. Although, um, I don't think that bull riding and bullfighting, I don't know about the killing of the animal part. They do at the end of the um, bullfight. So you, you see that? Yeah, I guess you're right. But do they eat it? I don't know, but it's a spectacle. It's I. Here's the thing. When I go to the rodeo, I don't like the bull riding, and here's why. Because... They have to make that bull unnaturally violent and unnaturally bucky. And you don't want... See, if you're going to breed an animal, if you're going to have a fair, you need to have the best of the animal. And we should be breeding bulls that are gentle and good to be around. And they make the bulls want to buck. And I think with the bullfighting, they make the bulls want to fight. And I just don't think it's don't, the natural thing. I'm not so sure about all that. Only, And here's why. And I'm not trying to be controversial because I'm no. They open make to... they make bucking bulls on purpose. They breed them to be that way. I know, but most bulls are not going to let you get on their back. Well, I know that's where it got started. Right. But then to keep it going like a McDonald's restaurant, I, I a have, hamburger. I have and then less the... of a problem with the, the bull riding than I do with the bull fighting. Um, however, as with everything, when it comes to banning things. I err on the side of freedom. But you should be able to talk about it. But you should be able to talk about okay, it. Okay, I think that if, you know, if you're bringing... I just think that bull riding... I know that they're... It's probably started with some guys in a field. Right? Can you get on him? Can you get on him? Can you get on him? Yeah. You know? And then it became a spectacle to see which one, you know, getting a bull that could kick more. And I just don't think that it's natural for the animals. But uh, speaking of things that aren't natural, uh, back to Mark Dolan, you know... But we go to the rodeo and we watch the bull riding. I watch it. Yeah. Doesn't so it's mean not I like you're like it. morally against it from I am, like a... I don't like to watch... I just said I don't like to watch it. Right. Yeah, I don't really like it. I don't think it's as natural. I'm saying it's when we're putting... When we're comparing things that are like, I am against this. If you were against it, you wouldn't watch it. Like, like patently against it. Well, you don't get to watch for very long because nobody stays on them. <laughs> um, so, San, uh, this, is, this is Mark Dolan. And he has some new names for some beers... Since Bud Light went woke, everyone else should too. And he has some new names. Hang on, I gotta find. All right, you got a lot of clips from Mark today, so I got. Yeah, he's a great guy. Sort him out. Today. I just love his hair. I think he's yeah, good hair. he he. It's, well, it's here's hair. the thing. It's he, fun. He's got fun hair. He, it looks like he woke up, like that. But he's trying to cover up like a little balding spot. I think it's kind of. Is a that little a Donald Trump? Over. I think it's a little. Yeah, well, not like like the you know. I like it though. I think he wear he wears it well. I don't mind though, just after Bud Light saw billions wiped off their stock value after hiring a trans woman for an ad campaign, have the finger-wagging elite learnt nothing? The Sun report that the team at the campaign for Real Ale, of whom I'm very supportive, 
have asked members about their age, gender, identity, their ethnicity and sexual orientation as part of a recent review. This is the campaign for real ale. Its report recommended that inclusion, diversity and equality training is built into training for festival organisers and said there should be a robust complaint handling process on site. I thought the campaign for real ale was about having fun. Oh well, I don't want to get in trouble with these people. So here on Mark Dolan tonight, we've given some of the country's favourite beer brands a woke makeover. So, first of all, the makers of Guinness, they call it the black stuff. Well, from now on, it's of colour. San Miguel has transitioned and is now San Michel. And she's having a great time. The popular Dutch beer Heineken has had a makeover too, to include both sexes. It's now Heineken and Barbie. How about this one? The popular, there they are, aren't they gorgeous? The popular ale Old Speckled Hen next. We were worried about that one because Old Speckled Hen, that's ageist, isn't it? So now it's experienced, wise Speckled Hen. London Pride, one of the best-selling beers in the country, is now London Gay Pride, of course it is. And last but not least, Abbott's Ale. The monks have been brewing it for centuries, but how do you update Abbott's Ale? Well, by renaming it Diane Abbott's Ale. Reaches the parts other beers don't. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I was so Here's the beauty of going woke. At some point, you, in order to, you know, rebel, you have to come back to the side of norm. You do. You do. We're going to take a moment and we are going to play um, the... So there's a king coming. There's a king coming. The king you, is they're coming. They're going to a king. It is news. Uh, GB News will be covering it. I know... I respect your institution and your long-standing uh, history and your tradition. I I think King Charles is a cad. Um, cad, yeah. But the coronation is an event that has remained virtually unchanged for a thousand years, and we invite you to join us here on GB News for this historic event. All next week, we'll be talking to you in towns and cities across the country. Building up to the main event on Saturday. From pageantry at the palace to unearthing the history of this ancient ritual. Come celebrate with us. The coronation of King Charles III, Saturday, May the 6th. Join us on GB News, the People's Channel. Britain's news channel. The coronation so is an event on that the is... That will be happening on the 6th, yeah. And, um... So um, it turns out that everyone is going to be taught to swear allegiance to the king. Huh? Yeah, play this. Is this normal? Yeah. For the public to pledge allegiance to Charles III. Well, I think it's very odd. I mean, pr previously it was it was a ceremony where um, some peers pledged allegiance to the to the king, and it was part of the ceremony, and that's all fine. The idea of the public being asked to pledge allegiance to me, this just plays into. A lot of the critics around the coronation, a lot of anti-monarchists mm. who will say, oh, well, the monarchy's losing popularity because this feels a bit like, are we as popular as we thought? Maybe we should find out from the but people it directly. It just, there is a little bit of insecurity about it. And equally, I think it also plays into that narrative, which is of a slightly vain king. I want to be, I want to be loved. I want to know yeah. how people love. I mean, I'm not, I'm a monarchist myself. And, but I think if you are a monarchist, you have to be aware of where the dangers are for it. The counter narrative to that will be we need to be as inclusive as possible. And the idea of just peers swearing allegiance seems all a bit medieval. Yes. And second of all, I suppose there's this sense to which 
he does need some reaffirming because he's got these enormous shoes to fill coming after his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, who even Republicans struggled to find fault with. Yeah, but I think that's part of the problem. I think this, I think this plays into that narrative that perhaps he's not as popular as the Queen or, you know, that since the Queen sort of passed, passed away six months ago, that perhaps sort of respect to the monarchy is slightly, you know, mm. dwindled a little bit. Um, and I personally, this whole thing about making the whole thing ex in inclusive and diverse and all of that, Coronation. I, I want it. I want a big feast of pageantry. I want to see some extraordinary ceremonies going what on. What about the cost of living crisis? Hasn't hasn't the coronation got to be uh, value for money in these yes, straits and times? I agree, but I still think being asked to pledge allegiance to the king feels very Game of Thrones to me. It yeah. doesn't feel like the British Will you be monarchy. doing it on the day, Martin? Of course, but I'm saying that I think a lot of people <laughs> will so feel I, a bit odd about it. There is a thing called the homage to the pe of peers, and it's being scrapped at the coronation in a radical shake-up to the service. service. The homage of peers, a staple of coronation ceremonies for many centuries, has been scrapped. At previous coronations, dukes were expected to pay homage to the monarch and pledge their allegiance to the sovereign. However, the king is known... Uh, to want his coronation to be more befitting of the 21st century and has removed the requirement for royal dukes to pay homage. Instead of an homage of peers, a new element of the coronation service will take place, an homage of the people. Uh, a Lambeth Palace spokesman said, Those watching in this thing at home and elsewhere will be invited to make their homage by sharing in the same words a chorus of millions of voices enabled for the first time in history to participate in this solemn and joyful moment. I just, what is it going to say? So actually, here's the thing. I kind of I agree with... allegiance to the President of the United States Wait a minute. to do what? I agree with the lady, in part. Um, and again, I don't really have a leg to stand on because I'm not British. But if it was just the peers, what, are, what would be the king's peers? Dukes and duchesses. Exactly. So if that's an exclusive thing... But I would say that then you want you're it's... not being inclusive if you don't let the people do it. Well, I think that because there are... Um hierarchies in great britain you need the dukes and duchess if you're going to have a monarchy then stick in the monarchy don't try to make your monarchy a democracy okay because it's just not and the reason the dukes and duchesses would would swear homage to the king is because there are throughout history those of higher rank would look to usurp the king Okay, so do are you hey are you on my side bro or are you looking to do a little side thing and kick me out Okay, the people have the people have no ability to do that. So, from our UK viewers who do have a say in this, um, Britt Baza says, Michelle, please remind Leah that it is the entire UK crowning a king, not just England. And she said earlier, as she said earlier, um, oh, you, then I admit, I listen. I you do not have to remind me a the zillionth time, UK, UK, UK. But yeah, go ahead. Anne says, pledge to the king, at least they didn't say bow down and worship him, sorry. Stuart the Brit, not the same thing as Brit Baza, says, uh, YouGov did a poll. 70% of Britons couldn't give a flying rat's arse uh, about Charles. Brit Baza says, Stuart, polls mean nothing. The uh, real test will be viewing figures, uh, viewing figures on May 6th. Um, Stuart the Brit says the government are very worried about his unpopularity and public image, which is none. And Brit Baza says, I'm having a street party on the coronation day. I live on a private road and am the only house. <laughs> I love it. All right. So over here in the United States, uh, Prince Harry is here with his little wicked witch of a wife. And, um, 
Harry is going over really quickly. He's just for a 24-hour visit, and he's coming back because he has to go because he's in the line of succession. And but but the um, his wife was not allowed to come, and so I like this here this this little segment that's been making the rounds. You can't go and say I want to be part of something that I hate. I think I should have played it before I made it big. Hang on. Megan, I think you have to refresh it. Oh my gosh, love technology. Okay, here we go. If, if you're the Duke of Sussex or Duke and Duchess of Sussex, I, I just find it very uncomfortable, and I think a huge number of your viewers would agree that you either respect the system, you have your titles, everyone sort of doffs their hat, especially in the US, you respect the system, you keep your titles, and either you play a positive role, as a lot of the royals do in this country, or you live quietly as individuals. But you can't trade and trash. You can't trade on your royal status whilst at the same time trashing it. And so I think, for me, I just think that's wrong. Hmm. Trade and trash. So here's my thing. I think that Prince Harry should be there, and here's why. Because the coronation of your dad as king, regardless of where you are, it's like not showing up for your dad's wedding or funeral or something like that. Like, to me, it makes sense to go to this momentous event. It's a very big deal for his dad. Like, you show up We to, have you never know I mean? before been in a position where the whiny little uh, child, son, boy... If you guys have some different adjectives, I came up with one and then I looked it up and I don't like the way that that's used. So um, when he trashes his dad and the whole institution in another kingdom, that kid is locked up for the rest of his life. Like, uh, you know, right? uh, uh, you know, I 500 mean, you guys years really ago. Have lost all Sorry. anything kingdomy. Yeah. You're not even like a kingdom. So now you're so woke. Here he comes whining, picking his nose. You know, I really hate this. You know, it's like... You know, I really want some ice cream, Dad. And, you know, pay me. I want to keep the titles, but this is a stupid institution. Well, they lost and, the titles as far as, well, like, the his and hers the hers Yeah, but they're still the Duke and Duchess. Yeah. Uh, let me read some comments over here from Facebook. Uh, Sherry says, the monarchy makes no sense. Why have a king if he doesn't run the country? Seems like you have one or the other. Kellyanne thing says, I think he will be exposed and not crowned. Um, Sherry, to your comment first... It's because they want to hang on to nostalgia, the pageantry, and the, the, S, yeah. the, the it's patriotic in my yeah. opinion. Okay. So I honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I think that, you know, I, I, I disagree with the, the way that it's done now. Okay. But we are, if Americans. you were to get rid of of the royal family in the UK, which I guess I kind of would be for doing, but let's just hypothesize. You get rid of the royal family. What's in its place is going to be any better. You All know, of your patriotic stuff is just kind of blah. They're the only ones that kind of keep up a appearances of, of respectability. But I will say this. Um, we as Americans don't, we can try to understand but we'll never understand, okay? As Americans, it is in our blood, it's in our DNA to despise the idea that you are of born... A monarchy. Of yeah. you, that you are born special. That you are born 
to be above other people. Yeah. To, to think that there is a succession through birth. Uh, that, you know, your house of lords passed on through and, and that people can gain titles. Now, in America, though, we have that. And we are a bunch of hypocrites because at least yours is out there at the front. We have George Bush and the Bushes. We have the Kennedys. We have... Um, Look at movie stars. The same thing happens with movie stars. The same thing happens with musicians. It's all just with a different name and then we act all high and mighty. Well, and we have us. our own dukes and duchesses. And not just that, but companies, yeah. corporations. It's all the same. So don't go telling me that they're any worse. So that's kind of like what I'm saying. Like I, I, I do disagree with it. Don't get me wrong. But I also disagree with our government and a lot of the the way that we do things here in the United States that should be I would say, done away with. Uh, you can cut off the head, but without the Holy Spirit, you're going to have uh, several snakes instead. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have several fiefdoms. Salty Mamas says, the Bible clearly states we are not to worship anything. So why do you worship king and queen? Do you have a different Bible? I'm confused. Thanks. I don't think they worship. I don't think that they worship the king and queen any more than we worship our, like, Look, president, I, we saw straight up idol worship of Donald Trump when he was president. Mm -hmm. Thank God it's petered away and petered, not away, but it's petered down. Right. But it's the same thing. I wish you could see that. Like, at least like Leah said, at least theirs is out in the front. They're just saying it. Right. You know what I mean? And so, yes, I'm against it, but I'm also against many other things. And is it much, is it any worse than the things that the institutions that we have here in the United States, I would say no. We we have some really bad institutions that allow sex trafficking and um, just a whole host of things going on in our nation. And so that's all I'm saying. Yes, get rid of it. But like Leah said, what are you going to put in its place? You have to have the power of God. Mm -hmm. Because if they, if they just get rid of it just for the sake of getting rid of the monarchy, then parliament's just going to, you know, not just parliament, but like the entire government agencies and society in the UK, I mean, it, it's not going to make anything better, mm. right? The only thing that's going to make anything better is replacing the king in the UK with Jesus, mm -hmm. right? All right. So let's go ahead and go to uh, Neil Oliver's monologue here. And he does a really good job breaking down what's happening around the world. So I do want to give you guys an update on what's happening in the Sudan uh, Americans are pretty much left to fend for themselves. Um, before we play the Neil Oliver, Oliver monologue, the UK has gotten several of its citizens out. And I don't know if I, I, I really haven't gone over. Last week, we talked about the Wagner group, the Wagner group, uh, Russian mercenaries, possibly in Africa, possibly in Sudan. And, um, more information has come out since the Sudan civil war broke out last week. All major powers have been publicly signaling for peace and stability in the region as one ceasefire after another collapses. Sudan has caught the world's attention as the next nation that has the capacity to fall into chaos to the civil wars that overtook Libya and Yemen. As the U.S., Russia, China, France, and other global powers increases their foreign involvement, regional conflicts become global affairs and fall into larger battles for international power and influence. Particularly Africa has become a primary front for a new Cold War. The present instability of Sudan creates a window of opportunity for foreign allies as they compete for credibility, natural resources, and regional influence. The U.S. media 
has an orchestrated a number of voices here talking about the growing influence of Russia paramilitary organizations, uh, particularly the Wagner Group and the Sudanese conflict, and the, quote, destabilizing role that Russian influence is playing in Africa at large. CNN's recent How Putin's, quote, Cat's Paw Sunk into Sudan article or the Washington Post Russian mercenaries closely linked to Sudan's warring generals show the focus on Russian influence in the region, perhaps signaling for an increase in U.S. presence. So is the is Wagner arming the Sudanese rebels? Over a week ago, CNN reported that Wagner has been supplying Sudan's rapid support forces, the RSF, with surface-to-air missiles through the Libyan border. The alleged support would be to aid the head of the RSF, General Mohamed uh, Hamdan Degalo, as also known as Hemeti, against the Sudanese Armed Forces, the SAF, led by Sudan's de facto president, Lieutenant General Abel uh, Fatah Aburam. If true, it would solidify Russia's support for one side. However, Hemeti, eager about working with the U.S., has denied claims that Wagner has taken the side of the RSF or is directly involved in the conflict. So um, the guy that, that they're saying is that, that, that Russia is fighting against is saying they're not, Russia's not fighting us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I used to have a good relationship with them, but once they were sanctioned, I have personally told uh, Burhan to deal only with the Russian Federation. Similarly, uh, head of uh, Wagner also denied the claims of his alliance, stating it on Telegram, due to the large number of inquiries from various foreign media about Sudan, most of which are provocative, we consider it necessary to inform everyone, everyone that Wagner staff have not been in Sudan for more than two years. These denials would seem to be corroborated by the Sudanese ambassador to Russia, who reaffirmed Russia's close relationship with Sudan. Russia is a friendly country to us, so we have been in direct contact with the Russian foreign ministry since the very beginning of these events. So the, so the, the main government is saying, Russia, we're friends with Russia too. So it's, it, it, there's, there's, a, a, there's a picture of something that is not happening being pushed for by the U.S. media. But why is that? Uh, before this breakout, the U.S. didn't have much dog in the fight. The U.S. supported the ousting of the longtime foe of the U.S., former Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir, in 2019, and supported the efforts of the generals Buran and Hamiti. They were friends. They worked together. Uh, but now they're fighting each other. But unlike Russia, had no strong economic ties to the nation. However, the Washington Post reported on leaked Pentagon documents revealing the extent of the U.S. State Department's concern about Wagner's growing influence of Africa. So basically, they don't want Russia to have the port there. Right. That would allow Russia to be able to um, move through, um, move into wider trade. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Let's listen to Neil Oliver. He talks a little bit about this. And... War is a gambit. Somebody's making money. It's over there on the YouTube channel. Okay, great. It's always about money. You want me to start? Of the Sudanese army. Okay. I think a big step towards understanding how the world works today comes with realizing the goodies and baddies just ain't what they used to be. From the Godfather movie and Michael Corleone, we learned that the pursuit of power is not personal, that it's strictly business. And from another movie, The Usual Suspects, we learned that to seize power, you just need the will to do what the other guy wouldn't. So stress-tested and time-hardened are these truths. Us little people are invited to hear them declared on the screen. The truth is so embedded in our everyday reality, courtesy of Hollywood and the rest of the media, 
They don't care whether we know it or not. After all, what are we going to do about it? All the time I hear people starting sentences with the words, they can't or they won't. In that context, they means the people with power, those manoeuvring to increase and consolidate that power. I always reply, they can, and because they can, sooner or later, they will. I mentioned The Godfather, the epic about organised crime. It's my belief that sometime in the last century, government and business got into bed with organised crime, which is to say with those with the will to do what the other guy wouldn't. I think that alliance has made all the difference. It's why I don't believe the running of the world is any longer about the same old goodies and baddies. For those with power, it's strictly business. For those who want to hold on to that power, by now it's also about self-preservation. Mm. Last week the news was dominated by civil war in Sudan. I'd been waiting for the next distraction after Covid and climate crisis and war in Ukraine. And there it was. Just as with Ukraine, when the news broke about Sudan, I had to look at a map to remind myself exactly where it was. It sits on the Red Sea on Egypt's southern border. As usual, it turns out geography matters. Sudan recently concluded a deal to let Russia base warships, including nuclear warships, in a port on the Red Sea. Warm water ports have been part of the Russian dream for hundreds of years. The United States don't like the idea of Russia in Sudan, not one little bit. This week, online news channel Redacted reported on recent events there. In August last year, while the deal was brewing, the US appointed an ambassador to Sudan for the first time in a quarter of a century. The following month, that ambassador warned Sudan not to finalise any deal with Russia. In November, US Secretary of State Antony Blinken urged Sudan to consider, quote, US support for the rapid formation of a civilian-led transitional government, close quote. In December, the US brokered what they like to call a framework agreement between Sudan's military leaders and pro-democracy parties. In February, Sudan went ahead with the deal with Russia. A few days later, the Biden administration sent $200 million in humanitarian aid to Sudan. And in March, Victoria Newland visited Sudan to discuss democracy. By this month, conflict had escalated between Sudanese armed forces and a breakaway paramilitary group. Last week, the US began evacuating its people. Victoria Newland is US Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs, the same Victoria Newland who in February 2014, while frustrated by EU hesitancy about opposing Putin, said, F the EU, except she used the whole word. While on the phone to US Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, a call that was recorded and leaked. Newland later apologised. Newland's faux pas came during the febrile time that followed Ukraine's then-president Viktor Yanukovych's ill-fated attempts to keep on side with both Washington and Moscow to ride two horses with just one bottom. He was tempted by NATO and EU membership, but in the end, Putin, in the manner of the aforementioned godfather, evidently made him an offer he couldn't refuse. And so all the way back in 2014, the fuse was lit for war. Ukraine is devastated. Hundreds of thousands are dead. Infrastructure shattered. Many billions of dollars, pounds and euros have already been blown there. The majority of the weapons sent there can't be traced. Now US companies are gearing up to extract Ukrainian oil. Transnational corporation BlackRock will invest in the great rebuild. What goes around comes around, eh? Where there's muck and death, there's brass. And down in Sudan, there's more to know about what appears to be going on there as well. 
Sudanese journalist David John Boakali has described the two factions of the Sudanese army at war with one another, one led by Lieutenant General Muhammad Hamdan, head of a paramilitary group called Rapid Support Forces, the other by the Sudanese army chief, General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan. According to Boakali, the conflict is, quote, not happening in a vacuum. He calls it nothing less than a proxy war between Russia and America and calls on the Sudanese and indeed all the peoples of Africa to speak up and demand that, quote, America and Russia get their hands off Africa. The days of the shenanigans of the Cold War are completely over, he said, and they cannot fight proxy wars in Africa at the expense of innocent African lives. The puppet masters must stop their evil, diabolical games. For those still thinking war is about protecting people and advancing democracy, I say maybe it was once, but that now it's strictly business at our expense. It's not just the US and Russia dabbling in Sudan, it's Saudi Arabia too. Saudi Arabia is tight with China, apparently, and yet in Sudan they're on side with the US in seeking to broker a peace deal between the warring parties. Strictly business, I suspect. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Remember the bioweapons labs in Ukraine, the ones that weren't there, and then where? Scores of them, right up against the Russian border and backed with US dollars, amid talk of gain of function. Turns out there are bioweapons labs in Sudan as well, supported by the World Health Organization, Brazil, China, the United Arab Emirates, Save the Children, the World Bank, the United Nations. One lab has focused everyone's attention. It's in Khartoum and in its stores are vials of cholera, measles, polio and other infectious diseases. It seems to be under the control of people the US does not care for. What is it with bioweapons labs and insecure countries? Why are international interests so often involved in bioweapons research conducted in countries that turn into war zones? Back in 1998, the Clinton administration bombed the bejesus out of a factory in Sudan that made half of all the medicines upon which the people of Sudan depended. It was called Al-Shifa in the Sudanese capital, Khartoum. Clinton's bombs were claimed to be reprisals for Osama bin Laden's earlier attacks on targets in Kenya and Tanzania. The factory was flattened, killing one and injuring 11. Clinton's people said Al-Shifa was making VX nerve agent and that the owners had links to Al-Qaeda, except they almost certainly didn't. Officials later conceded there was no proof of production or storing of nerve gas or of links to Osama bin Laden. In any event, in 2006, the US stepped into Sudan with private pharma companies to fill the void left by the unlawful bombing of Al-Shifa. It's not personal, you might have said. It's strictly business. Back in the early 2010s, it was estimated Sudan was sitting on as much as 7 billion barrels of oil. There are largely unexploited reserves too of gold, uranium and iron ore, along with much more mineral wealth besides. So much money to be made. The scale and influence of the military-industrial complex is almost too great to be contemplated. Millions of dollars are spent lobbying politicians of all stripes. Lucrative arms contracts are awarded. Endless wars are embarked upon. The defence spending of the US is bigger than that of the 15 next biggest national defence budgets in the world combined. Every year, some few US politicians and others ask to see accounts for where and how those many hundreds of billions of US taxpayers' dollars are spent and every year the Pentagon somehow fails to provide the requested answers and data. They have failed the last five audits. Many of those billions remain unaccounted for. It's all a rotating wheel of spend and profit. 
the missiles and bullets fly in faraway countries, people die and the profits fly back just as fast into the coffers of contractors like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman. Much of the survival of the idea in the minds of many that the running of the world is about the same old goodies and baddies is down to the mainstream media that perpetuates the myth. But that mainstream media is dependent in turn for its survival on the billions of dollars funneled their way by governments and those same vested interests of the military industrial complex. If the mainstream media don't tell the right stories, push the approved narrative at the plebs, then the money flow stops. Another movie I think about a lot is Cool Hand Luke, the embodiment of the unbreakable man, played by Paul Newman. No matter what the man tries to do with chains and beatings and the solitary confinement of the box, Luke won't give in. Could it be that simple then? Don't give in. Could it be that all we have to do is emulate the spirit of Cool Hand Luke, that determined stubbornness in defiance of all coercion? US writer and filmmaker James Webb, also one of the most decorated Marines of the Vietnam War, has written about the culture of the Scots-Irish, those migrants who did so much to shape the culture of the United States. He has described the rednecks, and that name is a badge not of shame but of glowing pride, as the sons and daughters of the Scots-Irish, who from century to century and millennium to millennium defied, one after the other, the Romans, the Normans, the English aristocracy in Scotland and then in Ireland, then all of those elitist descendants in the fledgling USA, as well as every other uncomprehending fool that ever got up in the faces of iron-hard people forged in one furnace after another, they never have and surely never will submit to any top-down authority that seeks to have them set aside their beliefs, their independence, their way of life, and meekly to do what they're told. In a card game in the movie, the eponymous Luke has useless cards but plays them with all that's needed, which is to say with guts and guile. When he wins and his opponent voices his astonishment about being beaten by a hand full of nothing, Luke says, sometimes nothing can be a real cool hand. Eric Hoffer was an American philosopher and writer. He wrote, again and again I come across the assertion that a society cannot grow and thrive without culturally superior stratums which generate the impulse towards excellence and greatness. There is evidence on every hand that the vigour and health of a society are determined by the quality of the common people rather than the cultural elite. Those of us common people opposing the dictatorial nonsense by the elite have a whole lot more than nothing, and it's a real cool hand. We have everything we need because we have right and we have the truth. Are there any goodies in charge in the world anymore? Sometimes it feels like it's not turtles all the way down, it's baddies. For those baddies, it's strictly business. Here's the thing, unlike Michael Corleone of The Godfather, I say it is personal, 100% personal, and I say the fate of the world is about good and bad, is about what's right and wrong, and that it's long past time to pick a side. Wow. Long past time to pick a side. Wow. That was really, really good. You know, um, there's a couple more things coming out of Ukraine. Ukrainian kamikaze drones blow up Crimean fuel deploy, answering uh yesterday's or a couple, yeah yesterday's airstrikes i guess it was two days ago uh the day after russia mounted a large scale large scale airstrikes and cruise missile attacks on cities across ukraine uh drones penetrated crimea 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 air, crimea air defenses on saturday and blew up a fuel depot in the pencil uh the peninsula's main port of sevastopol <laughs> home Some to vast uh, home to Russia's Black Sea Fleet, the port city has throughout the war become 
come under sporadic long-distance drone attacks from Ukraine, uh, also as President Zelensky has continued to promise its liberation. You guys, you can put in the chat what you think. You scroll down, you can actually see a video after two hours since the explosions just kind of here. Oh my crazy. gosh, it's a towering inferno. According to more from Russia state media, the governor also revealed that the oil storage had been targeted by at least two unmanned aircraft, the first of which was shot down by the depot's guards. The second one, however, made it through, causing the massive fire. Ukrainian mm. forces are trying to make life uncomfortable for Russian leadership, uh, given the recent rumors of assassination attempts. They tried to assassinate with a drone. Didn't work. Didn't work. Poland seizes Russian school. Kremlin vows retaliation for blatant violations. So Moscow's furious after... Um, on Saturday, Polish police reportedly raided a Russian school attached to the Russian embassy in Warsaw and took it over. School staff were then given hours to pack up their things and vacate the building, according to uh, Novoski, the RIA, uh, following local authorities bursting into the grounds using a crowbar. Polish foreign ministry spokesman uh, said the state was enforcing a court ruling over the building which says it was illegally leased by the Russian embassy for years. Thus, Poland is asserting that the building and school isn't protected under diplomatic status. Huh. Interesting stance Yeah, Russia's uh, foreign ministry blasted the hostile actions uh, of Polish authorities, which are a blatant violation of official Russian di uh, diplomatic property. Such an imputed step by Warsaw, which uh, goes beyond the framework of civilized interstate uh, uh, communication, will not uh, remain without a harsh reaction. We view uh, these new hostile actions of the Polish authorities as a flagrant violation of the 1961 Vienna Convention. Official Warsaw has been violating law for many years, international legislation, bilateral agreements. So this is a provocation we're seeing here. Hmm. You know, war is stupid. I'm just going to say, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. All of this is so stupid. It doesn't need to be this way, but it does because of you. it's us, the United States. We're causing this. Not me. Not you. But we need to know where it's coming from. All right. So there's a few more stories I want to bring to you guys. But I think I want to say goodbye to Facebook because there's okay. a really neat clip here from a from Andrew Brig Bridgen. is the only MP in the UK who is standing up uh, for for jab and safety. And he goes on to he goes on uh, Neil Oliver's show, and he tells them that he he tells Neil that he spoke to a high-level conservative in leadership. And he said, you may be right. You, we may found out, find out you're right in 20 years, but right now, people, there's no stomach for you to tell this about the, the vaccine. Mm. And he's like, well, I have to. I have to. Wow. And then I have a video of a nurse in Australia who said that besides one older woman who was deathly afraid of the virus, everybody who came in to get jabbed didn't want it. They were doing it because they were coerced because of the, they were afraid of losing their jobs. Oh. And I want to play those along with a couple things from Trudeau and um, a few, a few more other clips. So stick with us, go over to rumble because I you just know, dropped the rumble link into the chat on Facebook. I also have one more video of a journalist is reacting to a viral recording, which purports to be a teacher telling pupils in the UK that they do not have a choice, but to learn. 
about LGBTQ issues. Wow. Leah Wicked wants to know, um, is there any updates on the Australian Europe B euthanasia? You had asked that, and I haven't found an update on that. I did, however, it's very interesting, get a personal email from beekeepers in Australia who love Michelle's beekeeping videos. <laughs> and I will say this, uh, they sent a link to... Um, a video of how, and you haven't seen this, Michelle, but a Kenyan um, top bar hive in um, Australia. Let's see if this is the video. But I thought that it was really neat that they wanted to share that with us. So we'll just pull this up and we'll have a little tiny, very brief commercial break here. A, a top bar hive is something different than the Langstroth boxes that I use. Mm -hmm. And I would love to get into a top bar hive. Top bar hives have many benefits to them. Instead of the bees Here's, building um, some up, Kenyan they hives build sideways. Set up you don't after have to the bend fires. over. I just had a quick look in this one and I, I added this top bar to it two weeks ago, literally tomorrow, two weeks tomorrow. So this, from what I understand, look. this is more how they do and beekeeping in Australia. I can see they've built a full comb out of that. It's really exciting when this happens. These bees were almost starved after the fires, after the bushfires we had here on the south coast. And I uh, had to move them down off the, uh, off the hills where the fires were in Brogo and down to a mate's property in Bermagui. And um, look how much comb they've built. That's pure white, fresh honeycomb. There's not a lot of nectar in there. I'm going to try to move they can't fill across. it. They can't fill anything until they have a comb. So they can't bring in food. Oh, look, I must have added two because they've also built on that one. I often don't remember how many I've added. And, but here you can clearly see they've... It's two actually really, really exciting to open up your hive combs. and see fresh honeycomb that's they've that white. They're capping it. nectar down in these cells and that's turned into honey now. They've capped over those cells. See these empty cells here? All these open cells. And there they're just kind of starting to seal those cells. And here you can really see capped honey cells. Well, you can't really distinguish between the cells. It's almost like a mottled. Yeah. All right, so that's just, I could sit there and watch that all day and forget the I think the it must news. have been a rumble comment on one of your bee videos. Let me just see if I can find it um, while you switch everything over. Do you want me to let him back out again? I guess so, little sneaker. Okay. Okay, so um, I guess I won't find that for a second. Did we switch over? To, did we say goodbye yet? Okay, so bef before we before we leave, I think there is a video I can play um, with um, Calvin Robinson. The new religion of woke has replaced the old faith of Christianity. So before we say goodbye, I think we can play this one. England has been annexed from the Anglican Communion. Last week, 1,300 yeah. Anglicans from 52 countries met in Kigali, Rwanda, with the primates of provinces representing 85% of the Anglican Communion, calling on the Archbishop of Canterbury and other leaders of the Church of England to repent for pushing through a motion to bless same-sex unions. GAFCON and the Global South united in denouncing the Church of England for promoting a false gospel and called on them to return to the scriptures. 
the Anglican Communion made it clear that it sees the Church of England as having broken from the rest of the Communion due to its heretical teachings. The Church of England is now in apostasy, and the Anglican Communion will look to elect a new first among equals to replace the Archbishop of Canterbury. A bold move, necessary, but a bold one indeed, and one that will hopefully provide unity in Christ, promoting fear of God over fear of the world. The Anglican Communion is back on track. The chaff has been separated from the wheat. God is working through his church. We should be shaping our lives around the scriptures rather than attempting to shape the scriptures around our lives. It is somewhat related news. The Church of England released a disappointing report this week titled Love Matters, promoting the idea that all family types are equally good. The C of E report used the love is love type language, saying, quote, the quality of family relationships matters more than the form a family takes. Again, undermining the Bible, which teaches the natural God-ordained form for a family is one man and one woman joined together in holy matrimony for the purposes of raising a family for the worship of God. The church has gone from promoting a particular family structure as the ideal to denigrating the traditional nuclear family in order to be diverse, equitable and inclusive, none of which are Christian values. One could even concede that there are alternative family structures without passing any judgment, whilst still affirming that the Christian family is a mother and a father rearing children. Why the Church of England feels the need to be so inclusive it waters down its own principles is beyond me. Love is love? No, God is love. The Church of England gets it wrong yet again. At this point, it's starting to feel like they're doing it on purpose. The new religion of woke has replaced the old faith of Christianity. Shame, I say, shame. If you are the praying type, please spare a prayer for the Church of England. At best, it is the blind leading the blind, and at worst, it is being led by wolves in sheep's clothing. Either way, it needs our prayers at this time. Mm, wow. It is, yeah. Honestly, so we, we were talking about this and the split um, going on there in the Church of England, right? and them going so woke. And I love that Calvin always brings us back to sanity. So before we say goodbye to Facebook, let's go ahead and remind everybody that um, we, yesterday, oh, Leah was messing around with these the other day. I saw that you couldn't figure out how to do them, but that's okay. We on our homestead do our very best to prepare you guys with you know, I've been, we're doing beekeeping videos and harvesting our pigs, bringing on new piglets, baby chicks. We've done so many videos on canning and, you know, Leah's, you know, wheat grinder and just telling you how to be ready for what's coming ahead. That being said, we are completely out of our depth when it comes to if you guys have 401ks or like Leah said, likes to say 41, not OKs. Um, or your retirements, your IRAs, or massive amounts of savings. Not even massive amounts. To me, a massive amount is like $5,000, like a large amount of savings. That's actually not, but I'm just saying like figures that you don't want to accidentally do something with that's wrong or be caught with your pants down when, when the poop hits the fan and it is hitting the fan as we speak. So we've been directing you guys for six years to ITM trading. And now we are partnered with them officially. So if that, if what I just described is you, like you want to get out, but you feel stuck, you're not really sure what to do, just call them 
free strategy call. They have been in business for 27 years. They are so aligned with us, it's not even funny. That's why we partnered with ITM Trading because they believe in food, shelter, barterability, wealth preservation, all of the things. Lynette Zhang on her program, if you're not tuned into that on YouTube, you need to be just ITM trading on YouTube. Right. Lynette's doing the show there and she is giving us the latest breakdown. She will explain the economic system, gold and silver, the history of money and all of it in a way that you can grasp and understand. So even if you don't use ITM trading for their actual business, you can join their um, Thrivers Club, right? Yeah. Um, and you can tune into Lynette and you should be. You should be. If there's one channel I can recommend to help you be ready for what is coming down the line so that you're not caught just like, ah, I don't know what to do. It would be the ITM trading channel, but give them a call. Use our phone number 1-866-950-7776. That's 1-866-950-7776. Call them. It's a, it's completely free. They're a full service gold and silver, um, trading company they've been in business family business for 27 years just said that you can check out their um their google reviews they are legit the top of the game and more yeah. most importantly lynette puts her money where her mouth is she's showing us how not to just buy gold and silver and and make itm trading rich she the whole company she is her pull into a she turned koi her pond pool or into a like koi. Yeah, well, for fish notes yeah. or something, so like edible fish, I think. Yeah, even. like she's literally doing everything. So you can go to learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks or just call them, guys. Even if we weren't headed toward an economic down spiral, mm -hmm. I would be telling you to visit them because I believe in them. I believe in what they're doing, and I believe so that we need to be exiting from her, the system. Uh, shorts from this week. Because they are breaking up her some of her best into little shorts. So I've got oh, yeah, on the doing history a really here. Go to ITM Trading and go to their shorts. Look, it's right there at the top. The these shorter videos help break it down into things that make sense. So this is what she's been working on this week. What is fiat money and why are Volunteer best known. Scrolling. What you is fiat money and why are we on that system? Governments wanted to be able to tax you without going through legislation and making it visible to you. Inflation was baked into the currency. You had corporations that actually wanted to pay the workers less. But hey, if you're making 20 bucks an hour, you're not going to settle for 10. Through inflation, if you can make that $20 spend like 10, the government gets that inflation tax without you realizing it. And corporations get to pay you that much less without you realizing realizing it. That's what central bankers call price stability if you don't ask for more money. That's why central bankers want relatively low inflation rates because then you just accept that money. But hey, in 1971, the average wage was 9,500 bucks and one wage earner could support a family of four. Uh, today, the average wage is something like 57,000 and you need two wage earners and your paycheck to paycheck. Fiat money was invented for governments and corporations at the expense of the population. What is fiat money and Boom. why are we on that system? Come on, like she just sums it up Volunteer. so well. A CDF. Wait a minute. Volunteer.
Uh, what is the money? Palantir, best known for his secretive work with the CIA and other government bodies, has bought $50 million worth of gold bars in preparation for another black swan event. Do you think they might know something that you don't? You think you might follow suit? Personally, I always think you should do what the smartest guys in the room on any given topic are doing for themselves. And they're buying physical gold. And we vote with our wallets and purses. And it is critically important that you take heed because if you don't hold it, you don't own it. Palantir best. Yeah, that's it right there. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. Um, scroll down one more. What is, oh. what is the role of gold in a portfolio? Hang on, wait. Let's... Let me go back, hang on. You don't have to scroll if you can just go to, um... go ahead. What is fiat money and why are we on that system? Governments. Got some doggies. Okay. The role of gold in a portfolio is to diversify a proper portfolio. If everything you own is intangible, you need a tangible asset to balance that out so that as the dollar gets inflated away and its purchasing power value, you have gold to hold your purchasing power intact. That's the single most important role that gold plays for any portfolio is a true diversifier. The role of gold in a portfolio. Okay, one more here. I, this one. Go back. There you go. No, oh, it was oh, the back button over there. This one, this one my mom's going to love. It's this one. Purchasing power of the dollar. In 1913, you could have bought 11 loaves of bread with this, this, or this. Today, you get about a quarter of a loaf with this. You get about 135 loaves of bread with this. And you get about 11 loaves of bread with this. You tell me which you'd rather have, which you'd rather work for and save for future use. In 1913, oh, that's so good. That's probably one of the best ex explanations of wealth of preservation. Why do we want you guys out of the system? Because if your money is even in a mattress, it is not going to be worth anything. Like literally, that's why I want you to you guys to call ITM trading. It's literally a free strategy call. Just call them. So it's a silver dollar, and then a tiny little coin. There was gold. Was actually a dollar. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine gold being a dollar? So the, that's the tenth of an ounce, right? It's that's the it's the one dollar piece. Could you imagine anything gold being a dollar? It's slightly smaller than no. It's slightly smaller than a dime. The five dollar piece is roughly the circumference of a nickel. Okay. And then the one ounce would be the 10, 10. The gold dollar piece is worth like. I think actually there would be, it would be now. a $20. It has to be a $20 piece at that because the $5 piece is a quarter, right? So you got a 10th, the $5 piece is a quarter. So that means that it would be a $20 gold piece. Um, I don't think we have any of those. There were silver dollars and they were, and they were gold dollars. Yep. It's hard to think about. Right. It's like it's unfathomable, right? That anything could be a dollar because, but a dollar that shows you how much it's worth. A dollar could used get to be you. worth because yeah. it used because it should be fifteen to one, and it actually shows how much like a dollar wasn't worth. I mean, gold wasn't worth. So Lorraine, that you have such an excellent question, and I actually, um, it depends on how you do it. But again, I don't want to be the person to uh, to to advise. That's why I want you to call ITM Trading. 
She says, so if you take your money out of your 401k and invest it in gold, do you have to pay taxes on it? They can help you literally do it. So I was talking with a friend of mine who does um, for Miles, does this for Miles Franklin. And he said that you can transfer from, you can transfer to your own personal, uh, I think the way they put it, and I, hopefully IT and trading can do this. And we need to ourselves go through the process, but we don't have a 401k. So I'm going to go, give me your questions. And as we, uh, we are going to call and go through the process ourselves. Um, and we're going to have Lynette on our show, I think, in, in July. July so. In July. So guys, get ready for that. Lynette's coming on our show. Um, <clears throat> it's called a self-directed portfolio. And you can add gold and silver to that portfolio. And then take physical and you can do and take physical possession of it. So without but, get without taking a hit. But do not do that on our advice. Call them. Yeah. Okay. That's I, so we can tell you. Yes, it's possible. But they will tell you how. A self-directed okay. IRA. That's what. It, yeah. Self-directed IRA. Exactly. All right. Okay. So now we're gonna really say goodbye to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've dropped the link into the chat so you guys can hop on over to Rumble for the rest of the show. All right, I wanted you to go to this Australian nurse. This is really disturbing. And you can see the look of concern on her face where people were coming in and they've been injured from the vaccine. Okay, Mark Pierce is asking for the link to our ITM trading. And hi, Mark. Hey, Sorry, Mark. Buddy in Indiana, voice of the Patriots. So I put that link in the chat. It's now. also just on our website too. Yeah. You can find the. All right, so we want. Towards the middle. Nope. 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 There she is. There she is. The worst part is that the vaccines were unlabeled, so they didn't even know what doses they were giving. Dear God. Wow. Oh, and that was forced on people. Um, so we had the vaccine in our clinic, of course, because there was a lot of money to be made with having the vaccine in the clinic. And it was also, um, you know, when the mandate started, there was older people that were frightened and... And um, I did jab one lady that really, really wanted it. And she was horrified that this disease was going to kill her. And she even said, my daughter's going to be so angry at me when she finds out that I've had it. And I said, it's your choice, you know. It's not your daughter's choice. It's your choice. And she was probably the only person that genuinely was frightened and wanted to have it that I had to deal with. Um, but most of the people I were dealing with were mandates and people were... Did they tell you that they didn't want it? They said they didn't want it, um, but they had to have it. Mm -hmm. and, right. if, and I said, if you don't consent to it, I'm not going to give it to you. So it was, they were still, oh, what's the word, forced, coerced into having it. Um, they couldn't afford to not have their job. The doctor that ran it hardly spoke to any patients other than a hello, come this way, you know, as you do. They didn't know, people didn't know that they were meant to actually have a 10 minute consultation. That's what Medicare pay for. That's what the doctor gets paid for. A 10 minute assessment of whether this vaccine is suitable or not for you, which is a load of shit. Um, and you said he said that no one's exempt? No one's exempt. Yeah. When we were back in That's what he said. Yeah, in the in the doctor's clinic back in the GP rooms, 
Um, I, people had come to me and they'd have their paperwork and they may have had a reaction to a vaccine in the past or they had Guillain-Barre syndrome, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. If you didn't have it, if you didn't know what the name was, you certainly hadn't had it. Um, and I'd say, hang on a minute, I'll just go and see the doctor and see, you know, if he wants to come and speak to you. Not once would he speak to anyone. Not once would he exempt anyone. And he actually said, no one's exempt. And you had the clinics that they made a lot of money that weekend? Yeah, they the did. doctor made a lot of money? Yeah, so the, everything is, every person that comes in is put through Medicare. And that's how they get paid. They get paid through Medicare. I call it the Medicare mill. Um, and that weekend, the first clinic that we did was the amount that got put through Medicare was $32,000 for the clinic. Wow. And the doctor at the time, prior to that, I'm not sure what, what he got paid for at the clinic because it was not my business to ask. Um, but he, on another occasion, had told me that he earns 75% of what goes through Medicare. That's what the practice pay him. You're saying too, that when the vaccines turned up, there was no paperwork. Yeah, that's right. So it just comes in a box and it's like got all your vials, maybe a hundred in this great big esky. Um, and so I've opened up the box and there's just the vials. There's the paperwork. There's no paperwork. Tell us, what do you mean by the paperwork? So usually vaccines come in paperwork? Yeah, most medications do. I mean, even little things, or you get a, a prescription. Um, but vaccines, so all the other ones, they come in a box and you get a sheet that's about that big. It's double-sided. It's got the tiniest writing you've ever seen in your life. It has the chemical composition, everything. Everything that you need to know. Everything that anyone in the profession understands that you need to know, plus stuff that you know, normal everyday people can read and understand when to see your doctor and stuff like that. No paperwork with the vaccines. Not even, not even on the vial, what's the milligrams of the community? Well, how many milligrams is this medication? Is it 10 milligrams? Is it 30? Is it 50? It turns out now that they were varied throughout Australia. It wasn't all the same dose. Mm. They were varied. That's crazy. It wasn't the same dose. So that's insane. But why was everybody How do you know? How do you even know same? what you're giving? So you couldn't give conformed in, in, informed consent. Because People couldn't give that. How can you give it if you don't know? And how can you give it if the doctor, you know, that's liable for you having it won't even talk to you? Mm. Um because I don't know what he was thinking, you know, people just had to have it because Daniel Andrews said so. You know, what I'm saying is like per weight, you should have a different dose per weight. But they didn't know what that should be. So they were That's giving vials and they didn't even know how much to give each person. Yeah. They're just randomly putting, putting this stuff in your body. Yeah. Well, go ahead and play this Trudeau clip uh, where we where we look and we see him um, saying what he's saying now. Oh, yeah, some people might be injured by it. And then before, he's like, oh, you'll be fine. There won't be anything going on. Mm -hmm. Like, he's such a liar. No apologies from this guy with the beard. Now he's shaving. Misinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are 
untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example of it. Any vaccine we distribute to Canadians will be safe for Canadians. You know, our people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations. Uh, every vaccine that is improved uh, is safe for Canadians is uncompromising. Well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, <laughs> while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. Enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. I chose to make sure that all the incentives, travelers across the country need to be fully vaccinated. People coming into the country need to be fully vaccinated. We're there. Don't get to work in the public service. Don't get to go to movie theaters or gyms or restaurants to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. And that's exactly what they did. We got vaccinated to a higher level than just about any other of our peer countries. Unknown causes was the leading cause of death in Alberta last year. So here he's like, we, we uh, Canada just had all these people getting the vaccine and like, wow, you guys are great. Oh, we forgot to tell you that we were locking people up, that you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't even go to the grocery store. He's such a bold-faced liar. Crazy man. All right, let's go now to the MP, the courageous MP in the UK, Andrew Brigham, here with Neil. Hang on, I'll find it. We will get him. I think he's more to the middle. There he is. All right. So we've got double Neil today. You didn't tell everybody Well, that. yeah, Andrew Brigham here has got a great clip here with with. Uh, out of the Conservative Party for remarks he made in relation to the harms done by the products marketed as vaccines for COVID. He's one of a handful, barely a handful of MPs who have questioned the official line that the products are safe and effective. He joins me now to talk about why he's taken this path. Thanks for coming in, Andrew. Going against the grain, running against the official narrative, it comes with a lot of grief. What did you see an experience that persuaded you to take this path? Given my qualifications in biological sciences, I think I'm probably one of the MPs who's qualified to research all this. And I wasn't comfortable about the whole pandemic response, the lockdowns, the uh, project fear against my constituents. And I started speaking to scientists and doctors whom themselves had been counselled and um, became aware of what was really going on that the vaccines are not safe or effective and, and for most people are un completely unnecessary. And then I got very worried about the narrative. I could have spoken out earlier, but probably 12 months earlier. But it was when the MHRA went to the government and asked for permission to extend the vaccines down to babies of six months. And then I felt I had to, had to speak out. And thankfully, the government reversed on that. What is it like for you now in Westminster? What's the atmosphere? Um, it's like being in, in, a, in a sort of parallel universe. Um, certainly, the elected politicians are not happy with me. They're getting a lot of emails from their constituents which they don't want to answer. Um, but what you have to remember is there's about 4,000 real people who work in Westminster, the cooks, the cleaners, the security guards, the clerks. And um, they're very, very supportive of my position and have been all the way through. It seems to me that every MP in the House must have surely been contacted by at least one constituent to raise some kind of question about the, the, the vaccine products and the effects that they've had on someone close to them. 
And yet, and yet, when you stood up on your hind legs in the House to ask for your colleagues to come together to debate it, everyone was conspicuous by their absence. How do you rationalise that in a, a place that's supposed to be the home to spirited debate? Well, we're always told that we're supposed to speak as elected representatives in the mother of all parliaments without fear or favour. Unfortunately, what we've got in the, in the parliament now is there's, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of favour. Um, a number, a large number of colleagues have come to me privately over the last four months and given me the nod and the wink and said, yes, you're, you're definitely onto something, don't stop. But that's a long way short of standing next to me in the chamber or actually voting for anything. What is motivating your colleagues then to remain out of it, to keep their heads down? I had a meeting with a very senior colleague in the party four months ago and at the end of that uh, we, did, we talked about everything for an hour or so and he, he was fully in the picture. At the end of it he said, Andrew, there's no uh, political appetite for your views on the vaccines at the moment. They may well be in 20 years' time, and you may well be proved correct. And the final warning as I left the room was, you need to bear in mind that you're taking on the most powerful vested interest in the world with all the risks that that entails. Are you, were you supposed to read between those lines that, like he was, you should be afraid of consequences of going up against or in the face of those vested interests. I think that's, that was the message and I think he was being very honest about it. But ultimately, I was elected to look after the interests of my constituents and the wider British public. The, the emblem of Parliament is, is a portcullis, which is the last defence of uh, the castle when, when the drawbridge has been breached. Uh, and we're supposed to defend our constituents and the country's best interests. And, and I couldn't reconcile keeping quiet with, with, with those promises I made to my electorate when I took office. And, and also, you know, I've got a four-year-old and I looked at him and no, I, he wasn't going to be a guinea pig for experimental vaccines, which were of no benefit to him whatsoever. And he'd already had COVID. Hmm. Well said, Thank Andrew you Brigham. So much. What a brave guy. Thank you so much for speaking out, Andrew. All right, there's another uh, clip I want to share with you with... Um, What's his name? Pierce Morgan with Zuby. Zuby is a big name on Twitter. He is a UK, like, kind of conservative, outspoken uh, influencer. And simply saying biology exists, well, it makes you important nowadays. But, you know, it's a, it's a good clip. That the so-called activists are harming the group that they're claiming to advocate for, as well as harming 51% of the, of the whole human population. Because let's be real, all of this stuff... All the negative downstream impacts are on girls and women. They are not on boys and men at all. I'd say this whole thing is incredibly misogynistic, and I don't mm. like to throw that word around too much. Mm. To take the conversation up a level as well, I have a question, and the whole thing is, why are we trying to force people, and why are so many people entertaining the denial of reality itself? Yeah. Women's rights are incredibly important. Fairness in sports is important. Safety and security and privacy, all of these things are very important. The fundamental problem at the root of this is everyone dancing around pretending that a man can truly be a woman and a woman can truly be a man. This is not me being transphobic or hateful or being a bigot, anything like that. It's simply that reality exists. 
biology is real. And is that reality a legal one? Because in this country reality, it is. Reality, it is a legal reality, Zuby, that you can change your gender. You cannot change your biological sex. It's physically impossible. I'm, I'm saying to you, it is impossible it's a legal reality it is that you can. Can you, so can you change your can, biological we can, sex? We can talk about biology okay. and we can talk about we're, the legality we're talk, of but it. We're, we're talking about biology, though. We're talk, this thing is about sport. This is about males and females. Well, the problem when we talk about biology is okay. neither of us are scientists. But you don't you need to I, be a scientist to know men and women. Both know that it's a lot more complicated what's, than that. What's the complication? It's not as simple as for me. It's very can I, simple. Can I be? Can and I for be you, it may okay. be very simple. But we are. I think we're being. Can I you, think we're indulging an ignorance can you become, by not suggesting can you become, that there's more male? to it than that. Can you become male? I don't want to be. But a can male. you become male? Is, it, is there anything that could be done that could turn you into a male in the way that I'm male and Piers is male? Is that is ah, that possible? See now, do you see how you've qualified your question? So you first asked me, can, can, you, I, can, can I, I be can I become a male? male? And I would okay, suggest probably yes in terms of how? medically. But then, then you said, then you said, then you said, like you and Piers, we, and that's where we start to get complicated. Paula, I hope okay. we would have taken you a little further down your journey. <laughs> I fear when you say kindness, when you say you kindness. think you can become male, yeah. you can't because male is a well, sex. I can have I can have a gen I can have gender recognition, right. can't I? I can Listen. legally become a male. We've got. Look at her so smug that because the UK has a stupid law that says you can't become a male, she's like, see, the law tells me, see, the law tells me I could become a male. You're a girl. Everybody knows you're a girl. You're a female. Okay, your chromosomes are not going to change. You can change cosmetically, but you don't become a male or female. And, and this is, we do not need to go down this road to go round and round in circles on this, but this is being pushed down kids' throats. And one more video I have for you um, where uh, a teacher says you're not allowed, you're not allowed to change. Uh, you're not allowed to, to not hear the stuff on gender uh, reassignment and all this stuff. You have to believe in it all. I think, can I close it? Is this the one? Yep. We get Calvin again. Oh, I love him. Which purports to be a teacher telling school pupils they don't have a choice but to learn about LGBTQ++ issues. Let's listen to a part of the recording. And let me make this very clear. You don't have a choice whether or not you learn about LGBTQ+, in a school. You don't have a choice. It's one of our values, the British values. And if you refuse to do it, that will be dealt with severely. Why would I not? Why would I care if, you, if anyone in this room wants to love somebody, whether it be a man or a woman? Why would I care if someone wants to say, do you know what, I'm, I don't know if I'm, if I'm more male or female, I, I'm, I'm exploring. Why does that matter to me? This has all prompted questions about whether children should be force-fed an LGBTQ plus agenda in schools. And that leads us to this week's duel. It is time for the duel, and to debate this topic, I'm joined by my brilliant duelists, my sidekick, Emma Webb, and this week's nemesis, founder of Navarra Media, Aaron Bastani. Uh, the teacher in question seems to me, guys, to be quite emotional, taking this quite personally. It seems to be agenda-driven. Aaron, what were your initial thoughts upon uh, hearing that? Well, there's the longer clip on Twitter, which is, obviously, it's always more informative to hear a longer clip. I understand for yeah. broadcast TV, you can't play the whole thing. Um, I thought the manner in which he's communicating the points are very unprofessional. Mm. If I was a parent, I would be disappointed uh, that a teacher was speaking to kids in that way. 
children need to be persuaded, and young, young adults and young, sort of, you know, young people, need to be persuaded of things, generally speaking. It doesn't need to even necessarily be about social values, etc. Yeah. And, and, and persuasion should always be at the forefront of teaching. I'm, I'm sure that person knows that. I think they probably know they've fallen short of professional standards rightly expected of them. Mm -hmm. In terms of the content where he's saying that they don't have a choice about the lesson, that is true, technically true. Um, they have a choice. They can be removed by their parents in regards to other kinds of teaching, sex ed, for instance. Mm -hmm. That doesn't apply to this. Um, so there's a part of me which says, you know what, children should be subjected to ideas they don't necessarily agree with. And that's just part of the social contract in this country. I remember doing religious education. All the kids in the class were learning about Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam. There was one kid that didn't. He was pulled out by his parents. And I remember my parents saying, that's not on. Right. The rest of you are having to learn about a wide range of faiths. You're going to live and work with these people in the future. It's good to know what they believe in. And this child is being pulled out and they thought that was wrong. So I think it's good that we have a shared learning experience, education experience for all children. And I think ultimately, if parents have an issue with what's being taught, generally speaking, obviously, like I've said, with sex education, there's an exception there. Generally speaking, they just say to the child, well, look, we think it's wrong. You think it's wrong. That's how the world is. Sometimes you meet people you disagree with. You'll, you know, proceed to your, you know, next well, this year's is this education year. school next year. Before I get to Emma, I just want to push you on this because you're saying we should be taught a wide range of views in schools. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. But is this being taught as one among many views, or is yeah. this being taught as the only appropriate yeah. view? No, it's a great point. And incidentally, and perhaps ironically, because you know, some people, um, well, many people actually, let's be honest, denigrate um, human rights legislation in the European Convention on Human Rights. The complainants, the parents of this child, in their complaint letter. Um, cite uh, European human rights law saying that teaching should happen in a way which is, I believe, objective, critical and pluralistic. Mm. And clearly the language this gentleman adopts is not pluralistic. And I think that's really important. Oh, I wish we could have seen the other side of that. But he but Calvin makes an excellent point because that guy was very persuasive all the way up until Calvin points out, look, wait a minute. If, if it's being taught as this is a, a possible view, that's one thing. But when you're teaching it as the view yeah. that must be accepted, then that's mm -hmm. a whole other thing altogether. Mm -hmm. So Calvin didn't. All right. Before we sign off here, I want to read a few comments from you guys on our uh, Revelation Red Pill. Number one, I'm drinking in all of these episodes. Thank you for pouring yourselves into them. Um, and there's some constructive. And don't go anywhere because we're still going to pick our name yeah, for the piglet back. before we go. Mine. I think there is too much reading and are reading too fast to keep up. Especially with all the weird names in Old English. I wonder if anyone is listening whose first language isn't English. So, yes, I apologize that when I read, I read quickly. Uh, there is a little button on uh, Rumble. But not when you're live. Not when you're live. You can watch it back slower. And historically, when Michelle and I get on a roll, we, we have had friends say, I have to slow you down. Which is funny because I listen to most shows on two times. Yes. People tell me they have a hard time listening to our show. Somebody else made the comment and said that they were listening to Man in America with Bull Pony. And Bull Pony was saying that the third seal is about to be opened. Um, and it's I, difficult to have the people that we love have conflicting views on the end times. But here's what I said. I said, Bull Pony is a friend. In a literal friend. We love him. I truly believe that things in the Bible play themselves out over and over again. We could be having a Daniel in the lion's den moment. We could have a David taking down Goliath moment. A parting the Red Sea. A parting the Red Sea moment. And Revelation, while the majority of it was written to that generation to explain to them what was about to happen uh, to uh, 
Jerusalem and to Israel, it shows a pattern that is parallel to the Old Testament. So yeah. when God would begin to move on behalf of his people, you'll see that Revelation parallels. And as we get into it, because we have plenty of time, uh, you'll see that Revelation parallels uh, different times when God would speak against uh, Egypt or Babylon of the day. And so when you see how God is dealing with his people and dealing with outsiders in the book of Revelation, we can take that and say, hey, I see some similarities happening. Mm -hmm. And I can see that we're in another kind of moment. Revelation was written to a people who were being persecuted, who needed deliverance. Now, it was the deliverance, right? It was the great tribulation. But we're going through tribulation right now. A tribulation, it's, it's a little tribulation, guys. Really, you buying pizza today? Okay, just because you, you just put into perspective, these guys were being dunked in oil and lit the on fire. The catacombs exist for a reason. They were hiding out. This was major persecution. Uh, the the, the um, What happened, the destruction of Jerusalem was worse than it had ever been, Josephus said, and will ever be. It, Jerusalem will never be destroyed as bad as that, ever. They don't even have a temple to destroy. Okay, so is this is the third seal being opened? I'm curious. What is he seeing the parallels? I believe he's probably seeing parallels to a third seal being opened. However, there was a reason for those specific seals <clears throat> being opened, and they and so there's no need for that to happen again. And we have not gotten into really the seven seals aside from the imagery when we had Matt and Joy Thayer on. We haven't gotten into the specifics behind that, which we will. I think the next thing that we're going to be getting into possibly is Daniel 70 Petunia weeks. Petunia and Violet here's names. Oh, that's right. Petunia and Violet. All right. So um, I have I have a list of names. So what we need to do is we need to whittle this down somehow. Uh, we only need one name. See, unfortunately, the name that I've, the names that are here, okay, are when I was asking for two names. But because our little cousin already just, he had his heart set on Hazel and she just became Hazel, we don't have two names. All right, so I want to read to you, though, the options that I have. I wasn't able to find them all, but I found a few. Uh, earlier today at the start of the show, we have Ellen Dannon, like E-L-O-N, Ellen Dannon. Lonesome, Hazel and Maud. So you'd have Hazel and then you'd have Maud uh, as an option. Faith and Hope. So Faith or Hope in this case. Um, let's see. Valley and Star. Kind of like that name, Star. Um, chops and Roast. Bacon and Ham. Cupid and Arrow. Sugar and Spice. Piggy Sue and Lovey Lulu. Aww. Lucy and Ethel. Lovey Lulu. I know, it's cute. Uh, Lucy and Ethel, Laverne and Shirley, Arnold, and Petunia and Violet. Call her popcorn, Rocco now says. Uh, popcorn? Sir Thriving Mama says, the kingdom message will spread. We should be patient with those who haven't heard it yet. I am confident the day will come soon when the heretical eschatology we modern Christians were raised on is, and I know she's about to say, you know, gone there. But, uh, one Sizzler more. is best because it's an instructional name, says Stuart the Brit. Ken says, LOL, still with pork chop, it's a good name. Uh, Brit Boss is Michelle, unnamed pig, piglet named applesauce or pork chop, um, pig named Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. 
James says, this is the number one sickness in our world today. We need to rally very hard against it before it's too late. That was to the last topic that we were talking about. Um, and then our, earlier, Barry had wanted me to add that if you buy the um, British rounds, they are 99.9% silver, the uh, Britannia silver. So, all right. Um, let me see if there's any other comments that I need to read for our name options here. Um, I don't even know how we can do a vote. So, Lee, I got an idea. Let's you and I whittle this down okay. here to our to top, our top, top maybe three. top three. Okay. And then we will let we'll let everybody in the chat okay. vote. I think Petunia has to be up there. Well, you 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 mark your top three. Okay. okay. Well, then what if so? Okay. So mine would be Petunia. Yeah. Um, geez, sugar and spice is just so cute. Oh yeah. But that but we have already got hazel. I know. I would have gone with sugar and spice if we hadn't already had hazel. I like hazel and mod. Somebody, I don't know. That's cute. Is so that I'm gonna go with mod. Okay. Because I think that's adorable. Mm -hmm. Um. So hazel and I like piggy sue. Piggy sue. Cute. Oh, Piggy, Piggy Sue. Sue and Those are my top. All right, that's my top uh, three. Then you can pick your top three. Okay. Wow. All right. So honestly, if I had to uh, pick one, I would go with sugar and spice. You can't butcher petunia. <laughs> Says can on D Live. <laughs> um, okay. So Stevenville says rum and coke. What is this one? Valley and Star. Valley and Star. Valley and Star. But see, the problem is, is that I wanted two names, but because our cousin already picked Hazel, we kind of mm -hmm. need a name that goes with Hazel. Okay. Or so, you could just go with Hazel and Nut. Okay, we're going to do Hazel and Faith, Hazel and Hope, Hazel and Valley, Hazel and Star, kind of like that, Hazel and Chops, Hazel and Bacon, <laughs> Hazel and Ham, Hazel and Petunia. Hazel and Ham. Hazel and Ham. <laughs> you can't call Hazel a girl and Ham. Um, Hazel and Violet. I like that. Hazel and Arnold. Hazel and Lucy. Lucy and Ethel would have been so cute. Save Lucy and Ethel for, for more pigs if we, we get will. We'll we save will. those ones. Hazel and Piggy Sue. Hazel and Loving Lou. Lou. I like that one. Hazel and Sugar. Hazel and Spice. Hazel and Cupid and Arrow. Oh my gosh. You guys are so good. Piggy Sue. Oh my gosh. Okay, All so, right, so I'm going to go... With, I think um, you've got Star, and you've got Violet as two that you've picked, I can no, tell already. I, I no, I like Petunia. Okay. I like, I actually kind of like Loving Lou, but that might be a bit much. Because um, you'd have to call her something for short. Loving, yeah. Piggy Sue. I do like Piggy Sue. Um, so i got to go with a third one here. Um, I like Star, so I'm going to go with Star. All right. Okay, okay, so, so our got... options are Petunia, Star, and Piggy Sue. And Piggy Sue. You want those to be our top? Mm -hmm. We've, is that Violet out of the runnings? I guess so. Okay, so Petunia, Star, and Piggy Sue. So we've already got Hazel. So we need you guys in the chat on DLive and on Rumble to to put in what out of those top three. Petunia, Star, or Piggy Sue to go with Hazel, um, and we're gonna we're gonna mark them down. So put here's the deal: put a one next to Petunia because we've already got a vote for Petunia. Okay. So what we're gonna wait for you guys? Star and All right. Piggy Sue. All right, we've got one for Star. Okay. One for Piggy Sue. Okay. One more for Star. Mm. You can't vote twice because <laughs> you'll throw us off. Okay. 
Uh, we got coming. another for Star. Ooh, wow. Star's, t Star's taking, <laughs> taking off. Star is taking off. I want to go ahead and pull up Clout Hub just in case because we are still streaming over there. Just in case somebody's making their vote over there, we've got to, um, we've got to give them a voice as well. So yeah. I'm going to give another, I read another comment from the Revelation Redfield while you guys are do, putting in your uh, votes. Great job teaching. Thanks for all of your diligence and commitment to get the truth out there. I began teaching the kingdom message to my family and I'm going to be teaching it to my friends at home. Most of our friends are big time dispensationalists. <laughs> so I'm certain there will be some lively interaction. Oh, also, awesome. thank you for publishing the notes in the blog. They are very helpful. All right. So we've got two more for Star. One from Britt Baza and one from Stefan Ainsworth. Two more for Star? Yep. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So Sir Thriving Mama says... Hazel and Petunia sound so cute. They the do. boys are Gus Gus and Ray Ray, so the girls should both have one name. Mm -hmm. So we've got one vote from Sir Thriving Mama from Petunia. Okay. We've got uh, Lily B Mom as uh, a Piggy Sue. Okay. We've got one more four star from Rocco now. Uh, did we already do Rocco now's? I don't know. No, we didn't. We didn't do that one. Wow. All right. Uh, we've got Steven on a Petunia. Whoa. Patriot for Life has a Piggy Sue. Oh. A Salty Mama's Petunia. <laughs> Whoa. Lily B. Mama says, but I really like Nut. <laughs> right? Hazel and Nut. I mean, it could really become something. Uh -huh. uh, you know, but we didn't give that as an option. Um, Ken says, full name would be Star Jones? Question <laughs> mark. All right. So I don't know, guys. I don't know. Okay, we'll give it a couple more All minutes. All right, wait, we've got Dalton uh, at Piggy Sue. Whoa, here we go. That The Piggy Sue and the Star, I feel like, are, I don't know. How, what are we at? So, so we're at we're at six for Star, four for Petunia, and three for Piggy Sue. Really? I thought there was more Piggy Sues. There can't be. There's got to be four for Piggy Sue. I'm looking at them right now. Oh, really? Well, you didn't yeah. read it then. You must have missed one. I must have missed one. Okay. One more minute. Wait. All right. Yeah. One more minute. One more minute. Star, Petunia, and Piggy Sue. These are our options. Because right now, it looks like Star is going to be the winner. Unless we get any more votes from you guys that feel strongly about this. Okay. We'll do it. I'm going to do a countdown. I'm literally going to do... We'll, we're going to give it one more minute. And then we're going to see. Um, I'm pulling up the clock right now. All right, there it goes. We're doing. I'm doing a countdown on the clock. See if there's anybody else that wants to mail in ballots, postal votes. <laughs> you guys are awesome over there on D Live. <laughs> oh my gosh, Patriot Nana, hang on, wait. She's gonna give her vote. Petunia sounds adorable. So we got one more for Petunia. Oh, you guys, we're neck and neck. What are we at? We're at five for Petunia and six for Star and four for Peggy Sue. Oh, geez. Piggy Sue's not catching on. I don't this know. is I. This is a nail biter. This is like voting for a president, man. Twenty seconds. Twenty seconds, and it's gonna be Star. Oh, anybody? Oh my gosh! The people that are watching this back on the replay, I bet they were like totally in the like. Wait, it's this is a live deal, man. This is live voting. And star it is. Hazel and star. Star! <laughs> okay. 
started. Oh my gosh, you guys are so funny. And this actually wasn't opened. I know we've got three cards sitting here that haven't been opened yet. And I think that there's um, something else too. This is a happy birthday from Kelly. Hello, oh, Leah. Really Sorry pretty. I missed your birthday this year. Hope your whole day is filled with sweet little moments. So yes, it's a little bit late, but thank you so oh, much. Oh, that's a really pretty it's card. a really pretty card. So um, this one is from Lori, and I think it's a, an Easter card here. And the other one was a St. Patrick's Day card. Holy cow. And we don't usually read Lori's cards out loud, but we will, we do read them. Um, but thank you for this beautiful Easter card, even though we're belated on opening it um, with the mail call. I actually have um, another letter up in my, two letters in my purse upstairs. One we're not going to read out loud because it's Lori personal. on the, um, the St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day, Day card. one. So... Like Leah said the other day, if you do send your letters and we we don't read them all on air because some of them are just some of them personal. are very personal. So you send a you know a personal letter and we'll the election you. was rigged. The says election Ken. was rigged. <laughs> all right, Lily B. Mom says, can my five year old vote? She says, star. Yes, she can vote, and you sh thankfully she already won. Um, the sort of thriving Mama says, I found a vote in the trash for Petunia. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco now says clapping. You guys are so much fun. Okay, so now we have a name, Star. We have a name. That's a wonderful, wonderful Hazel name. Star. Okay. Okay, so remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, um, I did want to tell you guys something, and this is just kind of silly. And and when we're all, when we're talking about all the products that Vicky Natale has on the Organic Body Essentials, which I'm telling you what the uh, the tincture for the CBD oil is just life-changing. Um, and all of her products are life-changing. But I've started using one in a different way. John Barnes was doing a vote via email for Petunia. Couldn't do it in the chat. It still wouldn't. That almost would have. What is the time on that? That would have been. Yeah, I don't know. Tie. That might have put us at a tie. Well, but the five-year-old. But then the five-year-old put us over with the star. Sorry, John. I'm sorry, Petunias. I know you guys wanted. I like that name too. I could have gone with any of them. I know. We picked the three. We did. I could have gone with Hazel and Petunia. Been and cute. Piggy Sue was adorable. I love it. So <laughs> um, anyway, the um, hydrosol that oh. she sent, which it sends, sends, sent to us. Mm -hmm. I use every day on my face before I put in my put on my face lotion because then I'm locking in mm -hmm. the um, the goodness of that. And what yeah. it is is it's the leftover stuff, like when they. Um, are getting the actual oil out. Mm -hmm. It's the water left over from that. So there's yeah. still really good stuff mm -hmm. in there. And it's got lavender and all sorts of really good things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I use that on my face. Well, I've noticed that my arms are getting a little bit dry and they look like kind of like old, oh. like, like alligator skin. Like not really, that's an overstatement. And I've started just like in the middle of the day when I see that just squirting it on my arms and bada bing, bada boom. Like I've been doing that for a week and I'm really, really, really happy with it. Like mm -hmm. super happy with it. But then last night I'd say something. Did you hear me laughing in the bathroom when I was washing my face? No. You didn't hear me? No. I busted out laughing because I usually, it's a spray. So you're supposed to spray it on your face or wherever you're going to spray it, your hair or whatever. And I don't do that. I don't know why I like to just squirt it in my hands. It's like a, like a watery, you know, thing and put it on my face before I put on my face lotion. And so I went to squirt it in my hand, but the squirter was facing my face. And so I'm squirting it in my hand and it squirts right in my face. That's funny. <laughs> Yes, I know. Drink more water. Listen, I do what I can. I have, I go through two of these 32 ounce things of water every single day. Apparently I need more. 
Yes, I know. Drink more water. I know. I get it. I get it. Oh, I'm putting yeah. frankincense all over my back and neck right now for pain. It smells awful, though. Oh, I know. Frankincense does not smell that great. So anyway, go She's to organic. She's also taking a brush and trying to break up her fascia. Oh, yeah. I'm doing that. It's a fascia blaster. I'm doing it because I'm not buying it. I'm not spending money on it. I'm Get things that come in our feed from on ads. Just tried it today. Have you seen the fascia blaster girl? Man alive. All right, we got to go. That is TMI for our viewers, but here's the beauty about resistance chicks and and being a little sister. There's really nothing that can't be said. You played Virgin Diaries today. Did. I owe you like like a hundred things. There's how many people are still watching? Okay, we got plenty of people still watching. So I have to find that link again. Why? And share it for the people that are not. Um... Okay, we made our debut and being famous on YouTube from uh, Ellen DeGeneres was making fun of people who were saving themselves for marriage. Um, and there was a TV show called The Virgin Diaries. And so we made skits. And yeah. they're all gone because YouTube got rid of them. And I found one, the very first one, still left over on an old Vimeo. Okay. So y'all can watch it. It's funny. It's one of the greatest things that the internet ever produced. You can share it with your teenagers. And you can share it with your, and you ought to share it with your teenagers. And what I'm going to do right now, this very second. But we don't need to play it again. Is I'm going to add it. I don't need it. to watch it again. You can watch it. I'm going to add it to the description of the video today for people that are watching back. They're like, wait, I didn't get it in the live chat. I need, the, I need it. Mm. And they want to watch it and they want to share it with everyone that they know. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. Mm. Uh, why can't the pig have a middle name? Star Petunia. Petunia Star. That's cheating on this election. That is like everyone gets a prize election. Speaking of that, I need to go get get them a little extra food. They only had some lettuce this morning and some kale. Okay. Proud of you girls. My son is single. How old is he, Salty Mama? We don't go for the young ones. Okay. Uh, We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth. And we will see you this week on Wednesday for Revelation Red Pill. Don't forget to support Mike Lindell. Use the promo code RC. RC or either, RC. either works on, on Mike and Lindell. And help support Mike Lindell. I know the slippers went super on sale again, 25 bucks. They were up at 35. Now they're back down to 25. I've, I've ordered the percal sheets for myself. They are coming in the mail. I will be doing a, a video on that so, when they come. In a, in, listen, in a one-to-one comparison, if you love your family and they're coming over and you're going to shower at your house, come on, give them, you have to have my pillow towels. We have tried a bunch of different towels. We try to, we love soft, fluffy towels. Yes. And I have to tell you. And we, my mom's the person that won't let you put out the good towels except for the guests. Except for we use our my pillow my towels pillow all towels the time. towels are literally the best towels on the face of the planet. I've been in hotels. I've been in other people's houses. I have never had a softer, more absorbent towel. That They're yeah. just the best. And his sheets. I don't say that. And here's the thing. Lightly. They're not too thick and they're not too thin. They're like that perfect thickness. And they're not like that stupid microfiber oh, that um, doesn't. Mypillow.com forward slash RC. Use promo code RC at the checkout. Okay. You guys are going to join us at Old School Survival Camp. Oh, yeah. Last but not least. Old School this is, Survival you guys Camp. Have this a few is like days one, to one plan of the last this. weeks. Use promo code R. Next Sunday, one week from today, we'll be packing things up, ready to head out. Leaving on Thursday. Don't say it like that. We've got so much work to do. I don't know. It's hurting my head. Get ready for. Okay. Yeah. Your son is 23. I'm old enough to be his mom, technically. So that's not going to work, salty mamas, but we will find him a nice patriot, Christian, conservative. Um, But still, 
but still, if I was a teenager, it's physically possible. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, there's a, there's a no go on that one, but, uh, thank you for the thoughts. It's very, you know, we've had women that say that, like, I wish my son was older. I no, let's just find him a nice, good little one, young one. Right. Okay. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth and we'll see you on Wednesday, 8 PM Eastern standard time, revelation, red pill, the best thing that's happening on the internet right now. It's changing lives and changing this. It world. is the best thing happening on the internet. I, I don't even say that lightly. I don't say it lightly either. All right. Bye guys. God bless. i